Welcome to Teacher Quit Talk. I'm Miss Redacted. And I'm Mrs. Frazzled. Every week we explore the teacher exodus to find out what, if anything, could get these educators back in the classroom. We've all had our moments where we thought, what the hell am I doing here? From burnout to bureaucracy to soul-sucking stressors and creative dead ends. From recognizing when it was time to go to navigating feelings of guilt and regret afterwards, we're here to cut out the gaslighting and get real about what it means to leave teaching. We've got insights from former teachers from all over the country who have seen it all. So get ready to be disturbed. Join us on Teacher Quit talk to laugh through the pain of the U.S. education system. We'll see you there. Thanks to Noom for supporting Muller, she wrote. Sticking to a weight loss plan can be hard. Noom is designed for results. It's out with the old habits and in with the new. Sign up for your trial today at Noom, N-O-O-M, dot com slash A-G. And thanks to the app called Neighbors by Ring for supporting Muller, she wrote. If you want to help make sure you and your neighborhood are safe, download the free Neighbors app today. Go to ring.com slash AG to download from iOS or Android app stores. That's ring.com slash AG. And this episode of Muller She Wrote is brought to you by Crest. The Crest 3D Whitening Kit removes over 10 years of tough set-in stains to give you noticeably whiter teeth, 100% guaranteed. For $20 off your first Crest Whitening Strip Kit, go to crestwhitesmile.com and enter promo code AG at checkout. This is Andrew McCabe, and you're listening to Muller She Wrote. So to be clear, Mr. Trump has no financial relationships with any Russian oligarchs. That, that's what he said. I, I, that's what I said. That's obviously what the, the, our position is. I'm not aware of uh, any of those activities. I have been called a surrogate at a time or two in that campaign, and I didn't have, not have communications with the Russians. What do I have to get involved with Putin for? I have nothing to do with Putin. I've never spoken to him. I don't know anything about him other than he will respect me. Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails that are missing. So, it is political. You're a communist. No, Mr. Green. Communism is just a red herring. Like all members of the oldest profession, I'm a capitalist. Hello, and welcome to Muller She Wrote. I'm your host, A.G., and with me, as always, are Jaleesa Johnson. Hello. And Jordan Coburn. Hello. We were in Philadelphia this week, and we wanted you to hear parts of the live show. But since we recorded it midweek and other news has happened, I wanted to kind of give you a quick update and make sure that we covered it uh, real quick up front before we play you some of the live um, the live show. So uh, we want to first announce a new tour date also in Boston on Thursday, November 7th at City Winery. That's on number one Canal Street. Doors at seven, show at eight. There is a VIP meet and greet for patrons. Pre-sale for patrons begins this Wednesday, July 24th at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. We will email you the code uh, to your patron email. Um, So check your junk. But seriously, pre-sale for patrons. If you want the VIP meet and greet, what our San Francisco sold out in an hour or two for the VIP most of the VIPs go super fast. So if you want them, take advantage of the Patreon pre-sale. And that happens this Wednesday at noon Pacific. Again, we'll email you the code. And, you know, tickets will be available to the public on Friday at noon. So for ticket links and details, head to MullerSheWrote.com. All right, guys, that's pretty much all I have for the intro. Did you guys have fun in Philly? Yeah, Philly was great. Very hot, but the people oh. are awesome. Yeah, totally. 
Julie, so you got interviewed by Fox News on the street? Yeah, not not the, you know the Fox News we hate, just the local guys and a uh, local affiliate just yeah, stopped you. Exactly, and I was just like blown away that that was newsworthy, just how hot it was. He actually said, "Hey, can we talk while you walk across the street?" So he had an umbrella. He held over us, and they like interviewed us as we were because they didn't want to stop. They were like, "It's too hot to stop and interview," huh. so they just walked alongside of us. And that's how they got the interview, because otherwise I would have just, like, said no. But they're <laughs> like, like, I'm just going to keep walking with you. Because you were on a mission. I think you were out getting Sharpies or something. Exactly. That's yeah. So mission failed. I just got drenched. It yeah. was so yeah. hot. It And, at, I mean, when you add that, when you stack that humidity on top of it, it and, and it's unreal to us here in California. We're like, what is this even? It was so hot. But we did go see Eastern State Penitentiary. That was cool. That was so cool. Also pretty hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was th- When I was in there, just as a tourist not locked up i was thinking oh my god these people must have been so hot in here seriously mm-hmm. i had a really crazy moment when we walked inside one of the cells and it was the audio tour and you're just sitting there like looking out from the cell just imagining actually being there and it's way trippy it's yeah. so fucking crazy and the interesting fact is that the people that built the prison thought that that was the more humane option right they like created that and designed that to be humane to try to give them time to repent. Yeah, their thought, their, and, they, what they figured was if we, because before in England, they just put everybody in one room and they all beat the shit out of each other and pissed everywhere and shit everywhere. But they did, like literally that's what they did. And then, and but that wasn't even their incarceration. That was waiting for your punishment was usually like the stocks or the, you know, some sort of weird, yeah. cruel and unusual punishment. Yeah, the, the shackle wrist head thing. Yeah, the stocks or the, yeah, the, I can't remember all the names of all the weird, dig- or you get flogged publicly in the public square. Um, so these pr- these guys were like, let's be humane about imprisoning people. Let's give them their own room with total silence so that they aren't distracted and put a hood on them when they're in public spaces so they can't see anyone else. That was crazy to me. So the they're hood. totally isolated so that they can think about what they've done wrong and repent. Um, and be penitent, and that's where the word penitentiary comes from. I didn't know that. That's so cool. Very interesting. Uh, and then they had this one little exercise yard. They could go out like twice a day for 30 minutes, and yeah. it's like literally like an 8 by 10, just open to the sun, so you could be outside yeah. for a half an hour. That must have, in contrast to how yards it seems are today, that must have been nice, though, to just have your own space outside and not have to constantly be watching your back. But obviously there are a lot of other issues, like how inhumane it is for people to be in solitude yeah, for that's 24 it. Like, hours a day. We'd think how nice to have your own space and your own solitude, yeah. but it was probably, and I, you know, as I mean, Way many worse. studies have shown, like super mentally torturous totally. to, to have that kind of isolation. Yeah. But then seeing like, yeah, sorry, we could talk about this. Forever. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and next on our prison podcast. Uh, yeah. No, but it was really great. It um, was really cool. And I just felt like I was in Shawshank the whole time. We talked about Shawshank. Yeah. On the show. Oh, and then the last thing, they had that really cool mass uh, incarceration exhibit at the end of it. And mm-hmm. it was in the air conditioning. So that was awesome. They had like, <laughs> <laughs> they had a great like 20 minute film maybe like 10 minutes just documenting the rise of the the war on like nonviolent drug offenses basically and mm-hmm. just how that effectively just completely blew up our prison system for yeah brides. and how in the 17 1800s early 1900s we have the same amount of people going to prison for violent crime than we do now but we have like 10 times as many people yeah, in the prison same rate. for, for mm-hmm. nonviolent crime yeah yeah and then they had that part where they have you can confess to a crime that you've done and write it down on a paper and then they put them all up on a wall as part of the exhibit they're like gotcha yeah but then (laughs) 
But they're like anonymous, right? But then some of them are statements. That would suck. You get a knock on your door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you dumb idiot. You thought we weren't videoing this whole thing? Come this whole, on. This whole thing is a trap. Yeah. <laughs> we have a low budget. We take it where we can. Uh, but yeah, then some of the statements were from people that were actually incarcerated for their crimes. And then you could see like which ones were real and which ones well which ones had real punishments and which ones oh yeah didn't. which people were in prison and which yeah. people never went to prison for what they did it, yeah. yeah it was an interesting contrast oh, yeah. too someone was like i hit someone in like a hit and run and i saw it on the news and they didn't die but they almost did and that was like a guy that didn't go to prison yeah and then you push the button to see if they were <clears throat> a prisoner or not and they're like nope and you're like fuck yeah it's crazy hit and run dude totally tell it like it is and seriously knock knock mm -hmm. um but no probably not uh, so anyway, we're going to do some quick news stories, and then we're going to get on to uh, the Philly show with Andrew Torres and our interview with Asha Rangappa, which was great. She was fantastic. Almost got to sing karaoke with her, but we all went to sleep. <laughs> we were like, mm, we're tired. Uh, so during a Trump rally, while we were on stage in Philly, uh, Trump's crowd broke out into chants of send her home. I I'm sure you've all heard of this by now. Right. Send her back. Send her back. Mm -hmm. That's right. Send her back. Um, a variation of lock her up, really. Uh, but in reference to Trump's racist tweets about Ilhan Omar and three other women of color in Congress who are all actually citizens, three of them born here in the U.S., um, this is not news to you by now. It's actually gotten a lot of coverage. A lot of people are calling it a distraction from Epstein or Mueller. Um, but, I mean, these stories are important in and of themselves. And so, you know, don't add us for covering this because it's a big deal. Mm -hmm. um, and... The next day, Trump went on TV and lied about it, saying once he heard the chants, he spoke quickly to stop it because he didn't like it very much and then moved on. But if you watch the tape, he let it go for like 13 <laughs> seconds until it stopped. I've actually seen a video, uh, two Noah. videos. I don't know if it's that one, but it's two videos side by side. It's Trump letting him do the chant and then someone um, like cracking or, or solving yeah. a Rubik's Cube. Underwater. In the same amount of time. Yeah, yeah underwater. Uh, yeah. So it was Trevor Noah? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure. That's, That's awesome. That's so great. Yeah, they're like, things you could do in Wild the amount of time <laughs> Trump did not respond to this. <laughs> rad. Yeah. What a funny, uh, yeah, what a a really funny, funny bit. bit. Yeah. But yeah, so 13 seconds and, and he waited until it died down and he like looked around as it was happening, like he was taking it all in, mm -hmm. you know, he just seemed. Yeah, I think uh, Stephen Colbert said he was basking in it like a racist iguana or something mm -hmm. in, the, in the racist sun or <laughs> he had a better way of putting oh it, but God. it was just, yeah, basking in it basically. Basking in the Horrible racist image. sun. In the racist like sun, yeah, like an iguana. <laughs> I mean, I hate to laugh, but those are really good jokes. Yeah, yeah I never are. thought of the sun being racist, so that's pretty funny to me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, frankly, I'm surprised that anyone is surprised. Mm -hmm. Like, people are just now going, Donald Trump's a racist. You're this like, is mm. the most racist thing I think he's overtly done, and I don't blame people that tune out the news for tuning into this. That's true. It is really, really overt. I mean, this is... Uh, Definition we're, discrimination, right? We're all yeah, waiting yeah. for the N-word. And in fact, it is... Because oh, in the EEOC, the labor law, it gives as an example of something that is discriminatory towards someone's national origin mm -hmm. to say, go back where you came from. Yep. Like it's a literal definition of racism in our in our employment laws. <laughs> like that's what they use. Yep. So this is really blatant. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, no, we're not surprised, but this is 
so over that it I think it does deserve the ten- attention that it's getting in the news. I don't think this is I, I don't like it when people are like this is a distraction. No, do better. You they're know? not they're not wrong about it being a distraction. <clears throat> but yeah, it, just because it is doesn't mean we shouldn't talk about it. Like Trump's tactic may be distracting, but these things are still important. Like he's distracting us with equally crazy shit that needs to be addressed. Yeah. And it's I've, overwhelming, but it's still it could be a strategy of his. I, even if it's not, it's still we should talk about it. You know, like I just think it's important to talk about it regardless. Absolutely. And I think as liberals, we can do and focus on more than one thing at one time. We can multitask. We can solve a Rubik's Cube underwater <laughs> yeah. while, while talking about to a racist yeah. iguana. <laughs> totally. yeah. I mean, I can't, but someone can. Well, because he's <laughs> I bet you could if you gave yourself a chance. He's killing two birds with one stone because he gets the benefit of distracting people potentially and then also the benefit of perpetuating this insane racism that's like just okay now throwing red meat to his base yeah totally. and, his, and his and his base i would say his fans but that's what they are are eating it up they're oh like, yeah and they're defending him saying it wasn't racist because they didn't mention people by name and they didn't mention any races and and i mean who i've heard I mean, context clues are something we all learned growing up so why all of a sudden are we playing this dumb card like if he doesn't say it like right like we all racist. thought he was talking about four white right. irish yeah. what, voldemort men? or something like you don't have yeah. to say the name we know who you're talking about because we, we are smart it. enough we are collectively and and they are too i think but they're playing stupid yeah maybe, maybe and, some of them actually think he's not being racist. and these yeah, they they think that they're like, well, they stood up and said they're talking about us. He didn't say they were talking about because he's a coward in a lot of ways. But he's mentioned them like ten times yeah. since then, so yeah. he's not denying it. He's not saying yeah. I didn't mean you for. He's he loves the enemy. Right, right. So, it's I called mean, comprehensive enemy, he... listening. Right, you you put together someone's actions and their patterns with their words, and you get a story. Like what yeah. if it's not that? What is he talking? Well, about? Well, I think it's because they see exactly they're saying that. You're trying to make that we're trying to make a judgment on his character and that you can't deduce that or say that definitively from words that he has said. He the, you sound like Mueller. Like, <laughs> right. Exactly. You have to have very specific, yeah. frank, word for word evidence in yes. order for the, and you have to be smart enough to do it in order for me to charge a crime, which I can't anyway, because there's a memo. So, right. yeah, he's he's like. No, I didn't specifically say a name. I didn't specifically yeah. say any race. I just said you these don't specific know. words. I'm just saying if you don't love it, leave it. Like, yeah. Which is still racist. Yeah, just yeah. because you can apply it to other racist scenarios and make it, doesn't make it not racist. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And then you have Democratic pushback over the, what are they, Thomas Jefferson rules or something? The, like the, the rules of conduct or whatever basically these oh the decorum yes exa- parliamentary stuff yeah exactly it's uh, that says you can't attack basically another person's like, right you can't call people on a name yeah or anything you can't say a derogatory word about a person it right. slander or something or what is it called like what w- it's it's called oh, what is it uh parliamentary decorum it breaks the rules of decorum so if trump did say even though he talks about people all the time if he well, did he's not say he's name, not in the senate or oh, okay. the house there it's you go. just house rules just the white house yeah yeah <laughs> yeah like they no, no rules deal. for him because they were trying to pass that resolution which you're probably going to get to i imagine uh no oh, um, okay yeah they were just trying to pass a resolution because we house cover that in the in the in the philly show but ah, yes. yeah because he yeah because she got up and called his remarks racist and yeah. they wanted her that stricken from the record and mm-hmm. her argument was I'm not saying he's racist. I'm saying that, I mean, he's racist. I mean, if your actions are you. But for the decorum rules, I Mm -hmm. wasn't calling him a bad name. I was saying his words were this. I was characterizing his words. And so then he glommed onto that like an idiot saying, Mm -hmm. see, she said I'm not racist. She said it's just my words. Yes. 
I can't believe it's, this is even happening. Right. And that it's being cloaked as a battle of words. Like the Democrats <laughs> are saying the words are racist. They're saying the words were not racist. Right. And nobody is able to, to even talk about the this piece of shit person. Totally. That he's is racist. Yes. yes. Yeah. And on top of that, we have the whole anti-Semitism element of this argument that even if, because I'm, I'm not Jewish, I can't say for a fact that something wasn't offensive to a Jewish community that came out of, you know, Ilhan Omar's mouth. But I do think that there are some races who are racist against Jewish people hiding behind that. It's like, I don't know if you guys they are because I, I, you know, I can say that, um, for example, that the NRA, it's all about the Benjamins Mm -hmm. and that's not a racist or anti-Semitic thing to say. Mm -hmm. But if I say that the APAC or the, you know, the conference that supports Israel really hardcore is all about the Benjamins then I'm an anti-Semite. Yeah, because it's triggering, you know, and in, in, in reference to some people to a, to trope, a racist trope. Yeah, a racist trope. And so in this case, probably she's... best case scenario not to call a group of Jewish people all about the money. Yes, that wasn't her intent, and she did apologize uh-huh. and acknowledge that she did it, which is really important. People will forget that easily. And talk to her constituents too mm-hmm. about about it, and was like just incredibly open. Yeah, because yeah. everyone can grow. Even Trump, if he just actually owned up to shit, could grow. He just refuses to on, at every turn. He well, yeah. I mean, his whole thing is deny, deny, deny. Yeah. Accuse the other side of the same thing. Right. You're supposed to be pure, and harder. I can do whatever I want. Like, mm-hmm. where do you go from there, right? But yeah, it is tough, and we've talked about this on past episodes. If you want to criticize the government of Israel, it's really hard to not be called an anti-Semite by this administration mm-hmm. or by Republicans. In the Congress. same people that say Jews will not replace us, right? Those guys. Those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Walmart torch guys. Totally yeah. fine guys. No yeah. blood for soil. Those yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's what really sucks about people with actual swastikas on their bodies mm-hmm. <laughs> are calling us anti-Semitic for criticizing the government. It America. blows yeah. my mind. Well, and part of like criticizing the Jewish people, right, is by connecting them to money, which is a force that more or less governs everything. You can use them as a scapegoat when you're trying to totally it goes both from ways. the real issues as yep. well. So it's just like, yeah, yeah another distraction, but also something that needs to be addressed. And that's why she acknowledged it and apologized. She was like, mm-hmm. oh, I was just saying that they're bought by like this group of republicans is bought by money right just which is also a fact money is a huge part of our relationship with israel and that's it undeniable is just, i guess as a congressperson or i guess as a public figure just be yeah. careful about saying yeah. that any group of people who are specifically jewish, jewish all about the Benjamins, right because trump mm-hmm. is all about the benjamins i mean he right. said saudi arabia can kill whoever they want because they're giving us money right that's all about the benjamins right but he's and not she jewish so. yeah oh she did good yeah for her. That's she was like, like good look, point she's like look i it's that and then I said it and it's a trope and I should have been aware of that. Mm-hmm. It's not what I meant. Mm-hmm. And I do apologize if anyone was offended by it. Like a fucking Yeah, that's woman. how it should be. Yes. Because underneath she is not a racist and the other person is. Yeah. <laughs> so. And 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 I think it's still important. But are her words racist? Yeah. Right. And and if that yes. happens and then they pass something condemning it, didn't they? Exactly. They yeah. Pa- yeah. They condemned it. And language. that's how you do that. It's like we, well, we no, can't her be too. perfect. I remember back when that happened. Oh yeah, they passed sure a resolution, but it was pretty. But it was pretty watered down, quote unquote. Right. There's a Republican in general, mm-hmm. like an in general anti-Semitism resolution. And good, so be it. If, if people were offended, then yeah, 
let's address it and then let's move on and if she doesn't do offensive things repetitively then that problem is done but trump is like a whole different thing this is his factory you yeah know? Like, and nobody's he... mad about signing an, a non-anti-semitic bill everyone's no. like yeah cool in fact probably there were republicans who didn't sign it i'm sure oh yeah <laughs> like uh oh this is uh against racism yeah oh, man, i can't, I can't be a part of this well and why does i could be wrong though they might have all voted for it you might have been unanimous yeah, yeah. yeah. And then why does she come out or why does she not get to come out? And, you know, I'm not saying she should have done this, but for her to say, you know, this is insane for you to call me an anti-Semite and to push back so hard on that, like Trump is pushing back. It's very indicative, again, of how different the situations are and that he's trying to reference her again now Mm -hmm. and her anti-Semitism, quote unquote, when he's going through this. It's just so offensively ironic hypocritical projectionist yeah, yeah. it's classic projection Definitely. it's classic like pizza gate and then all of a sudden we have epstein like it's just oh yeah that's right epstein and in all of this yeah we still have epstein and all of yeah. this after all of that and, oh no god they're not just racists they're pedos okay the worst like a of shitty dirt. racist and rapist yeah man over although us. somebody brought up and i i'm not sure if i what i think about this but they said are, are they really pedophiles and I was like, yeah. Yes. If they're under 17, like Absolutely. if they're 16 What, what would you call that? A preference of teenage yeah. girls? No, no, it's a pedophile. Right? We actually had this conversation before and I disagreed because technically there's another word for it. Oh, what's the word? Oh, for yeah. like teens? Yeah. I don't know but what the word is. But 13 included in that? I don't know. Exactly. Okay. All I'm saying, I remember, I think it came up when like Roy Moore was the person in question or something mm-hmm. or I forget. Yeah. But, Can we but oh, it's equally bad right. though at least? Even yeah. if it's Those categorized? Oh yeah, no, it's awful. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I hesitate to even bring up the point because then people can be like, well, you're giving fuel to the fire that it's not the worst thing ever. I don't ever. even think and you are. I appreciate like, the point. Yeah. I think yeah. It's, it's important to know criminally, what things are called. Yeah. Criminally, it's different. Morally, it's all the same. Yeah. And oh, what was I going to say? Yeah. Oh, all about power. And something about racist and rapist that I find is that they don't believe they are who they are. They often don't think they're racist. They often don't think they're a rapist. And, and they actually have, get really defensive if you call them either of those exactly. things. Exactly. And here we have someone who's the president who is potentially, not even potentially, I'm just going to say it, he's both. Maybe we need nicer snowflake words. To, oh. to to just to like fall to start gently the, on them to start the conversation <laughs> yeah. because I mean the minute you say that what you just said is racist you're gonna not be able to have a constructive conversation mm-hmm. true um, which is you, hard to begin with a Trump and if you want to <laughs> have I mean you know I guess you could be like do you think you're general I mean you could, I guess you could talk it soft for these snowflakes how if many you accusations until you're called a racist or a rapist like I think the thing is like what it, is it yeah and you want to ask them mm-hmm. racists and rapists like if that isn't racist language like these Trump supporters right with what he said is not act? racist what is and he has been caught in the act yeah. when you think about it so the raping stuff is, is slightly different not that it's like not as bad but it's just we weren't there we only know what he said about it and what they said like, about do it. Do I specifically have to say I don't like black people because of the color of their skin in right. order for me to be called a racist? <laughs> do I have to see you beating Jesus. up a black person to know that you're racist? No, because not at all. Well, that w- doesn't even count because then they could be like, oh, well, it was in self-defense. But yeah. Yeah. You have yeah, to it's liter- a whole other thing. Yeah, yeah. You have to literally say the words. Because that's what happened with uh, W. Kamau Bell. He does that the United Shades of America. He's down in the South talking to members of the KKK, mm-hmm. members of the KKK who are sitting there talking to him, mm-hmm. saying, well, you're really nice. And and they actually say words like, I think most blacks are mongrels mm-hmm. or animals or whatever. And then he asks them, like, when did you become so racist? And they literally say, I'm not racist. Mm-hmm. 
Well, then what is? Yeah, it's like the pedophile movie Spotlight who said, oh, I never enjoyed it. Or Alan Dershowitz saying, but I kept my underwear on. Like, there's always this justification. Like, you just called me less than a human for being black. Mm-hmm. If that is not racist. Then what the fuck what is? What is? And, and I'm actually scared to know what your definition is. I don't think it that. ends. I think it's an infinity of racists and, you know, rapists out there. They will just go as far as they can. And that's how you end up with these people who are in power doing it and you're like how did we get here especially considering he had a face-to-face interaction with with someone that they generally put into the mongrel pool Mm -hmm. uh and had a good interaction with them so So racists can be nice to people that they think yeah not and you think that maybe be like hey maybe maybe take everything on a case-by-case basis i guess and not say and not say general shit because they are they are actually taking it on a case-by-case basis so why do you think that yeah i mean they're why, not in why generalize, words, but they are in real life why right. generalize it's not even i mean it's not even generalizing because the things they say are so horrible i don't think they apply to like any human being <laughs> to but regular generalization yes yeah. exactly but but in your brain you're generalizing whatever few maybe you know things were that were even told to you you didn't even experience them mm-hmm. yeah they were told to you yeah absolutely Ugh. i know uh and epstein uh this Thursday morning, I think he was denied bail. They, he, the judge shut him down, and we knew I we knew he would be denied right, bail. right. Um, I think he's going to be in jail for the rest of his life. So the judge basically said he was a huge flight risk, total threat to the community because he intimidated and tampered with witnesses. Uh, he has a fake passport. He skipped his sex offender check-ins, and he's got a ton of lewd material that they found in his safe and diamonds and seventy thousand dollars cash and a private jet. Like if this isn't it. the you know <laughs> yeah situation for like a textbook racist with a rapist with money and and right privilege. flight risk yeah like he's not a flight risk he then literally can fly away out of that courtroom literally what is yeah he totally could just walk out and get on his little <laughs> spaceman goodbye plane <laughs> precisely. Uh, also, the judge in the Cohen case released the unredacted version of the 895-page warrant documents. And as we discuss later in the episode uh, um, from the from Philly, the Southern District of New York was investigating the Trump Organization's role in the hush money payments with Cohen and the Inquirer. But right after Barr was confirmed, the prosecutor overseeing the case, Robert Kuzami, stepped down with no explanation. And then the investigation just stopped. Uh, he was the deputy assistant uh, USAO, I think, U.S. attorney, to Bourbon, who had ha- who's recused himself from all these cases. Mm-hmm. Um, so they maybe you know installed somebody more friendly. Uh, and this week, a federal judge confirmed there'd be no charges, as if to. S- and he he was seemed mad. Like I feel like he was like, "There's no charges in this case," which I think is bullshit. So I'm really saying the public needs to know what happened here. I'm. Un- taking all the redaction bars off of all the Cohen documents and I'm releasing them. So we got a big trove of those. And then we got another set of them um, the next day. And there's a lot of stuff in there, including the confirmation that Stormy's lawyer, uh, Keith Davidson, and Cohen were in cahoots. It was a racket, like we thought. And that Hope Hicks lied to Congress. Um, she'll probably get off on a technicality because she said she wasn't present during conversations mm-hmm. about Cohen and the hush money payments. But they were in emails. She was on the phone. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. She's like, when they were calling roll, I actually said here. Yeah. So <laughs> I didn't say present. Yeah. That's great. Mm. Sorry. Nah, I'm being totally. sexist. <laughs> oh, no, I just immediately go into that voice. You know, it's just a character. I just a character. <laughs> like, what if you didn't do? It wouldn't be sexist, I don't think. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a character. You got to have lady characters. You do. Uh, in response, she's just a, she's just a terrible. It wasn't human. like a an accent or something like a racist thing. True. Was, yeah. Was, if I was ever referencing something you said though, Jaleesa, in another conversation, <laughs> I would definitely not use that voice. That's fair. That's Same for you or hey, email us. Let us know how you woman in my life. <laughs> <laughs> What's your your impersonations of us? We'd like yeah. to hear. Them. 
Uh, so anyway, um, she lied to Congress. And in response, Jerry Nadler has sent a letter to her inviting her to clarify her bullshit testimony. So we'll see how that goes. Um, these documents indicate that Hicks, Trump, and Cohen, like I said, were all on the phone quite a bit when hashing out the payment details for Stormy and how to ha- uh, handle the Karen McDougal thing. Uh, but in, in her testimony, she told Congress she wasn't present. Uh, we also learned we were right when we thought Keith Davidson and Michael Cohen were in cahoots, like I said, uh, because... One of the guys from AMI, I think it was Dylan Howard from the Inquirer, introduced them saying, here, I have a business opportunity for the two of you. And so they were lawyers for mm-hmm. opposing clients, but clearly working together. Uh, then on Friday, we got another batch, like I said, of unsealed documents from the federal court in D.C. And they show that Mueller had already traced the path of all of the money by July 2017. He was appointed in May. So it only took him a month and a half to... F- get the entire story mm-hmm. uh and that's to stormy daniels and that's f- you know from the from the home equity line of credit that cohen took out to essential consultants which he created that week to stormy daniels lawyer and then eventually to stormy daniels mm-hmm. so he had that whole tra- all that traced out and while we were on stage the house voted to hold Barr and ross wilbur ross your buddy mm-hmm. in criminal contempt over the citizenship question and we know that the southern district of new york is litigating sanctions against the department of justice lawyers for accusations that they basically lied about the origins of the citizenship question oranges yeah this is our uh, hold me in contempt like one of your french girls segment yeah or is that a little <laughs> long of a title there <laughs> right that's a good one though. uh so the the criminal contempt vote means a court can force Barr and ross to testify and if they don't, if they just deny the court order, which they might, uh, then the court to, the court decides if they're going to be fined or jailed, not like Nancy Pelosi. Mm-hmm. So it's the court that gets to determine all that. Um, so naturally, a criminal referral to the Department of Justice would be pointless since Barr runs it. Um, Eric Holder um, is one of the only recent people to be found in criminal contempt by the um, by the Congress, Republican Congress. Yeah. But, but the um, attorney, what is it, the um, U.S. attorney wouldn't bring charges. And, I mean, that makes sense because the U.S. attorney works for Eric Holder. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. It's going to be the same situation with mm-hmm. Barr. Um, so there's really no accountability once you reach that pr- promotion. Yeah. And you're, like, home free. That's why Michael Flynn sent that bald eagle flying away with the American flag <laughs> in that e- in the text message, right, the when Jeff, Barr got yeah. confirmed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's like, we were home free, guys. We got him. Totally. Uh, all right, guys, thank you so much. That's pretty much um, the the bulk of the news that happened after we did the show in Philly. So I just wanted to update you all on that. Um, the Daily Beans comes out tomorrow. So check that out. Um, you can subscribe to The Daily Beans wherever you get your podcast. That'd be cool. Do you guys have any final thoughts before we get to the stage? No, I'm just stoked for the next show. Philly was amazing. I mean, like it gets better every time. So Chicago is next. Yeah, yeah. this Friday, Saturday, mm-hmm. the 27th at Lincoln Hall. Um, tickets are going, so there's still some left. I, I think yeah. the last time I checked, there were some left. So and and thanks to everyone for all the gifts. I was <sighs> wearing one of my put some beans on it shirts today, and I'm wearing the news with swears hat from David. Yep, news with swearing, and then yeah. I got. Uh, I've been eating my chocolate. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The and we chocolates. We mm-hmm. got doctorate degree. Well, honorary doctorate. Yeah, we degrees. all got awarded honorary doctorate. Yeah, yeah. Shout That's out to really David cool. for that as well. So I'm a double doctor. Yeah, <laughs> double D. A double dose of pimpness. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, we'll be right back in just a second with some more news from the stage at Philly with Andrew Torres right after this quick word. 
Hey guys, this is AG and I'm here to talk about Noom. Noom is a habit-changing app that helps you find your best health and well-being routine. They use a personalized approach to tailor plans just for you based on your goals, not societies. So they teach you why you do what you do, how to break old habits, and how to develop new ones by arming you with all the tools and knowledge you need to reach your goals. It's based on cognitive behavioral approach, which is a well-studied method for overcoming obstacles and thought patterns that can often derail us. So Noom is not a diet. It's not just about weight loss. It's about being healthy on your own terms and a logical way to develop the kind of healthy lifestyle that's best for you. There's no shaming, there's no judgment, just a great community of folks there to support you when you need it. And one of my biggest issues is time management, and that's why Noom works for me so well. It's only about 10 minutes a day. Uh, everything I need is all in one place. I used to have multiple apps, one to track my steps, one to log my food, one to get my heart rate, uh, one to track my exercise, one for nutrition info, but Noom puts it all in one place. I started using it, I guess, about eight months ago, and my goal was to ditch my all-or-nothing approach to eating and exercise, because I would go super hard for eight weeks and then give up for a while and then have to get back into it, and I would lose weight and gain weight, which is bad for my heart and it's bad for my stress. So. Uh, I'd also feel shame when I'd break my own impossible rules. But with Noom, I lost about 15 pounds up front and just through moderation and learning to enjoy life with treats and relaxation uh, through their cognitive behavioral approach, I've been able to maintain it. So it's been really great. It's a huge load off my mind. And it's not just about how I look, it's about how I feel. I just don't stress about it anymore. So Noom is designed for results. It's out with the old habits and in with the new. Sign up for your trial today at Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash A-G. What do you have to lose? Visit Noom.com slash A-G to start your trial today. Again, that's Noom.com slash A-G. Start losing weight for good. Ladies and gentlemen, they and them, the Philly Podfest and the World Cafe Live in Philadelphia are proud to present Moeller She Wrote Live. And now, please welcome the host of Moeller She Wrote, A.G. Hey guys, hi, oh, oh, it's full, yes. Even if you just came in here for the air conditioning, I love you so much. It's nice and cold in here and I appreciate that. Thank you, let's hear it for a World Cafe Live. This is a great venue. Okay, funny, fucked up day today, guys. Usually we do live shows on Saturdays, Friday, Saturdays, and we have a week's worth of news to pack into it. There's enough for like three shows. <laughs> Just in the last couple days since we put out the show on Sunday. So I'm really, really glad you're here. I, am, I'm, I love this town. I, you know, I'm, this is my first time in Philadelphia. So I have to figure out all the places I need to go. So if you hit me up on, on Twitter, at MullerSheWrote, tell me where I need to go, because I've got all day tomorrow and all day Friday. And then we have our special patron meet and greet tomorrow night, so that'll be fun too. What's up? Who's patrons? Who's my patrons? Yeah. Woo! Thank you guys. Because of you guys, we, can, uh, we are able to offer health care to all of our staff and employees. 
even the part-timers. So I think that's important. Because Trump said, you know, oh, we created 90 million jobs or whatever the fuck bullshit number he came up with. It's like, yeah, I got three of those jobs. Thanks. That guy's a douche. Um, have you seen that video of him at the Epstein party that came out today? Dancing. Yeah, his eyebrows. Off fleek. I shouldn't shame. I shouldn't brow shame. I understand. I feel like Trump's just open for whatever shame I want to give him, you know? Fuck that guy. And Epstein. Ooh. Yeah, I think there was a lot of cheerleaders there. The Buffalo Bills girls. I think he was trying to buy the Buffalo Bills, trying to get that loan situation happening. Uh, yeah. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Dick. The Buffalo Bills are like, we don't want to be bankrupted. Thanks, though. You can't keep a casino afloat. You can't keep a casino making money. That's just math. I don't even understand how you can fail a casino, sink a casino. Guys, uh, I'm really excited to be here. But as you know, it's not just me on this podcast. I'm your host, AG. But with me, as always, are Jaleesa Johnson and Jordan Coburn. around setting down beers yes 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 so, high five. All right. how's it going Woo! Nice. we never do, do we? that That's we enough. should yeah <laughs> it's hot guys right she's like it's so hot me and my girlfriend were walking down the street just now and we got interviewed by fox news about how hot it was seriously fox news hitting Tonight, the issues. right Wait, everyone needs to know, while she was giving that interview, she was wearing a shirt that said fake news. I was. All over it. <laughs> they commented on that, yeah. The guy was like, he literally said, you're wearing the right shirt. Like, how self-aware is that? It wasn't that Fox News, I guess, though, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, local, local guys Fox are cool. News, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm really stoked to be here. This is my first time in Philly, too. Yeah, hell yeah. I love places. Um... I always think of uh, Will Smith, like the Fresh Prince, but that was Bel Air, so then there's no, there's not much it Philly. It was a toss up between Hall and Oates and the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Oh, Hall and Oates is from here too? For nice, that's pretty good for you guys, hell yeah. That's dope. <laughs> Hall and Oates. They stayed like, together oh. through so much, that's, that speaks to your city. How great you guys, Hall and Oates, that's so great. It's good people to be associated with in my book. They don't have any accusations though, none of the, none no, of the, they have none of the Oates. They're great. Okay, good, They're good. They're fantastic, nice. not Sweet. that I know of. Awesome. You just got to wonder these days. <laughs> it's yeah, all good. Like tomorrow, news at six, Hollow Notes seen at Epstein party. I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to, I don't want to say I'm psychic, but you know, <laughs> um, but this is great. I have good vibes despite the weather, uh, good vibes about the people. You guys are amazing. Thank you for being here. And um, yeah, I guess we're going to get this thing started, right? We got yeah. We got more. Sure yeah, yeah. All right. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and now we're going to go on script here. Uh, <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, very. We, we can't thank you enough, Philadelphia. City of brotherly love. Aww. Home of Benjamin Franklin. A guiding light for the revolution. Site of the First and Second Continental Congress. Uh, the birthplace of the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. Cool. 
cool documents. <laughs> it's all right. Anyway, we're super glad that you're with us tonight. But now, we would also like to welcome our third panelist. Please welcome co-host of the Opening Arguments podcast, real-life lawyer, Andrew Torres. Well, first thing we do, first thing we do every show, it's time to kick off with my favorite new segment, Corrections. So, according to some emails we received regarding our question about whether witness tampering charges require an underlying proceeding, it appears there does not need to be a case underway. Uh, Andrew, we were discussing this in light of the bail response in the Epstein case. I call him Epstein. I don't care what you call him. Um, (laughs) In fact, I hope it's wrong, because Steve. Uh, So, we're talking about that where the prosecution alleged he made $350,000 in payments to two co-conspirators named in the non-prosecution agreement, and we were wondering if he could be charged with witness tampering or obstruction of justice since he had not yet been indicted when he made those payments. And so uh, somebody emailed us and said, no, that, that you can totally charge someone with witness tampering. In that case, why was he not charged with that? Mm, privilege. Oh, sorry, I didn't, I didn't press the buzzer. <laughs> Because uh, those cases are never brought, right? I mean, it's true, but yeah, that, that those cases are never brought. Why not? Because they don't want to like waste the time of starting it if it's not gonna turning, you know, if it doesn't turn into a whole. So if thing. I'm gonna steal man, like the other side of the justice system, which like that's a tough role for me to be in, but like if if you're gonna do that, it's because. You don't want witnesses to be thinking while they're on the stand, am I going to be subject to criminal prosecution, right? Like, and, and so the entire process is super deferential to, right? Like, it's meant to protect people who are scared. Well, I don't want the people yeah. who he paid right. to, yeah. to be charged. I want him right. yeah, That'd no, be weird. Me, to yeah. be charged. Yeah, me, me, me too. That, okay. remi- that reminds me, that kind of reminds me about how people that are testifying in front of Congress don't wind up getting charged with perjury, right? Because they, like, right. they want a formal referral to be had for that to happen because they don't want people to be scared to misspeak. Yeah. Or, but like misspeaking versus paying $350,000 to not talk about your creepy child sex behavior. That's, yeah, I'm, that's I'm pretty different. sure everyone's like, that's Epstein, fuck that guy. Yeah, because yeah. our founding fathers were like, super, you know, noble-minded, and they're like, what if a person is afraid of X, Y? They weren't thinking, like, what if a person is a billionaire with a private island who's going to... It just didn't occur to them, and now we're in the darkest possible (laughs) timeline, and things are fucked beyond belief. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting. Guys, I have some good news. That was our only correction this week. Woo! Woo! <laughs> and, it, and it was me, not them. Congrats, team. That's like going to be a, a record, right? It is. That's a, a record. One mistake. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I thought, like, maybe I'd start planting innocuous errors into the podcast to generate more corrections, but that's fake news, right? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good point. That's also very confident on our part. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see if they we'll throw in fake one. ones because yeah. we're so smart. <laughs> um, but, you know, and I, I do like to get more corrections because, I, I, frankly, I like the compliment sandwiches that you guys send me. We get two compliments for every correction uh, based on the form we created online. So it's, it's nice. <clears throat> but remember, <clears throat> if you have any corrections for us, head to MullerSheWrote.com. Click contact and then select corrections. Our slogan is, we'll get it right eventually. <laughs> <laughs> and with that out of the way, guys, it's time for the Mueller news, which we have turned into a quiz for live show purposes. Are you guys ready to play Just the Facts? Yes. No, not at all. <laughs> All right, so we're going to turn this into a quiz for our panelists, along with open discussions about these facts, or conjecture, if you will. Um, and, you know, we like to differentiate between the two. We used to have a thing where if you got a question wrong, I'd make you wear a MAGA hat. <laughs> right, and it used to be funny, but now it's like putting a KKK hood on somebody. That thing has become a symbol of hate and terrible racism, misogyny, rapist, fuck shit. So I can't do it anymore in good conscience. It's actually become that to me. I don't know if that makes sense to you guys. So no MAGA shaming. I mean, shaming you guys with MAGA hats. We will shame MAGA all day. <laughs> all right, Jaleesa, this one's for you. Mm -hmm. This week, Amy Berman, Judge Jackson, if you're nasty, oh, yeah. found that Roger Stone most definitely violated his gag order by posting on social media yet again about his trial. What was his punishment for that? Uh, she basically grounded him like the naughty boy he is. Yes. <laughs> that is correct. Roger Stone is grounded. Judge Jackson modified his gag order to say Roger Stone is prohibited from making public statements about his case, the Mueller probe, or any participants in the Mueller investigation, or his case, using radio broadcasts, interviews on television, on the radio, with print reporters, internet-based media, press releases and press conferences, blogs, or letters to the editor, and posts on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or any other form of social media. Furthermore, he cannot have statements made publicly on his behalf by surrogates, family members, spokespersons, representatives, or volunteers. <laughs> Not two fucking hours later. <laughs> Two hours. That is .0007 Scaramucci's. <laughs> <laughs> Two hours after Judge Jackson expanded the gag order, Roger Stone's wife posted a photo of the two of them after the hearing with the caption, me and my husband, Roger Stone, after his hearing today, hashtag Roger Stone did nothing wrong, stonedefensefund.com, hashtag Kaga, hashtag Trump. Wait, what was that second Kaga? to last one? Kaga, keep America great again. Oh, okay, that's like Kaka, like. That's a really poor branding choice to just switch it. They spent four, so long investing well, they, in Well, they Maga. made it great, it's great now. Right. It's yeah. great. It would kind of be counterproductive to, re, to run again saying, make America great, because everyone would be like, you're right, it still fucking sucks because of you, yeah. and it was great before, and you wrecked it. And now they're like, okay, keep America great. You're like, is, ah, is that grammatically because. correct? Keep America great again? Again. <laughs> again. <laughs> it's the again. We kept is, it great the first time, then we stopped, and then we started again. That's true. 
None of, none of their base is asking these questions. Uh, these are the not, questions they need to ask. They're not thinking Do about the grammatical <laughs> problems with their slogan. That is my favorite point I think you've ever made. <laughs> Besides the two Russians getting arrested and the creating refugee status right. uh, crises to help combat them yourself, you know, lighting fires, putting out, keep America great again. <laughs> Also, I think he's saying it before Trump has even said it, too, which is quite an uh, undersweep. Uh, uh, no, no he's, he's low-key selling Kaga hats now for 2020. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, that's good. I feel like they need a kangaroo as their, as their mascot. Right? Kaga, yeah, so after Kanga? all that, so his wife... I'll email them. <laughs> I'll get money for it. Okay. So his wife posts this two hours later, .007 Scaramucci's later, which just leaves me wondering, somebody married Roger Stone? <laughs> That should be a hashtag. So. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Yeah. Well, he was a swinger back in the day. I think swingers like swingers. You know, like that could be a thing. Uh, maybe in order to wife swap, you have to have a wife. So he went out and found one. Um, no judgment. Hey, I'm all for that shit. That's cool. Um, you know, whatever you like to do, as long as you're not Roger Stone. <laughs> Hey guys, this is AG. We hope you're enjoying Andrew Torres and Muller She Wrote Live in Philly. We'll return with the incomparable Asha Rangappa after this quick word. Hey guys, this is AG, and I'm happy to announce that the Neighborhood Watch is back, and it's way more convenient than it used to be. Remember neighbors meeting up at someone's house on a Thursday, talking about things going on in the hood, keeping each other safe, looking out for each other? Well, now that Neighborhood Watch is an app on your phone, and the app is called Neighbors, and it's by Ring. That's the company behind those doorbells and security cameras with the video where you can see people come up to your door. And with the Neighbors app, you receive real-time safety alerts from your neighbors. It helps you stay informed about what's going on in your neighborhood, and it's totally free. You don't even need to own a Ring device. So I downloaded the free app. I was able to set my neighborhood area using the really easy map filter, and so far it's been great. I've gotten to know my neighbors. Uh, we've been able to recover lost pets and missing packages. Um, there, I remember one guy lost his dog and was going around door to door, and somebody saw the dog on their ring camera, and they, you know, they put the alert on the thing, and he got his dog. It was cool. So. You know, and then also we get to know if there's any safety alerts nearby, so that's really nice, or any like traffic closures or whatever's weird going on. So uh, it's really about neighbors helping neighbors, and I, re I really think it's great. Um, the app is making it easier for neighbors to work together, keeping the community safe. There's millions of people using it already. So if you want to help make sure you and your neighborhood are safe, download the free Neighbors app today, totally free. Go to ring.com slash AG to download from iOS or Android app stores. That's ring.com slash AG. Make your neighborhood safer today with the Neighbors app by Ring. You'll be glad you did. Jordan, the judge in the Michael Flynn case this week had responded to Flynn's attorney's complaint that his old attorneys have not yet handed over all the files. What is the judge's name in Flynn's DC trial and what is the name of his new crazy lawyer? Okay, the judge is Ed Sullivan. Is it not Ed Sullivan? No. Oh, <laughs> the Ed Sullivan show it's is a that? different Sullivan. Wait. Different and for you now, right here in our wait. Court what's room. his What's his first name? You know what? Judge Sullivan works. Okay. Um, no, no, no. I can be wrong. I just want to know what's right. But what, put that it? on a shirt. Okay, sorry. Okay. <laughs> I think Ed just Sullivan kidding. is I'm something. I'm an idiot. Right? But what's what? What is what is what is the real one? Oh. It's Emmett, Emmett. Sullivan. Oh, I, yeah. yeah. That's that's like, like an otter's name, doesn't it? Right? Yeah. Okay. Well, sorry, Sullivan and uh, Sidney Powell. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
Sullivan Emmett T. And Sidney Powell. It's not Emmett T. It's just Emmett. Uh, Emmett T. Flood is who I'm thinking of. Right. Yeah. Cute, cute. Um, <laughs> yeah, and Sidney Powell. Oh, she's special. So this was a pretty creative order Judge Sullivan made in the Flynn case. He says, in light of the representations made by defense counsel regarding the delay in receiving the client's files, the court hereby gives notice and orders to the parties that the court's intent to invite a senior legal ethics counsel for the District of Columbia Bar Association to attend the status conference and explain on the record to Flynn's lawyers the applicable rules for professional court conduct. <laughs> Mr. Flynn's former counsel shall attend the status conference. Can, can, can I jump in here on this one? So, Michael Flynn's former counsel uh, are, are two people, I would not describe them as friends of mine, but I would describe them as assholes that I have worked for before uh, at the law firm of Covington and Burling. Any Covington lawyers in the audience? Oh, thank God. So good. I can keep going, right? Um, Rob, Rob Kellner, who, who was my class, uh, whom I have seen vomit into a trash can before. True, true story. Uh, and Steve Anthony, who gave me a negative performance review when I was a young associate. Those are Michael Flynn's lawyers. And, and, and notwithstanding the garbage introduction that I just gave, they're really fucking good lawyers. Like, look, 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 they're super smart. They're at Covington and Burling, which has 98 billion lawyers. Like, it's, it's a great firm. They're smart lawyers, everything else. And when Michael Flynn fired them, that's not, right? Like, when you, f you know, when you're like, hey, to your office, like, why don't we delete this, like, Microsoft Word on our computers and replace it with Ugasoft letters? Like, people should be curious about that, right? So he's the Zune MP3 player. Yes, Cindy he, is, he is the, exactly right. Okay. Um, I, I just want to point out, I, I have no idea if this is still the case, but... As of eight years ago, uh, when he died, uh, the person who was a really, really good friend of mine, the senior ethics counsel for the District of Columbia was a Covington and Burling partner. So <laughs> I just thought you'd like to know that, right? Yeah, so there fact. you go. I just think it's so funny that, that Solomon's like, all right, your lawyers have to come in. We're having an ethics guy come in to give you a fucking lesson on yeah. professionalism. Yeah. Thank you. And they're going to come in and be like, hey, Rob, how's it going? Yeah. You finished off that memo yet? No? All right. Have it on my desk on Monday. Cool. Like, huh? Hey, didn't give you didn't you give me a bad performance review one time? I didn't like that guy. I have a quick can I ask a quick question to Andrew? Um, what is the threshold for an ethical violation for an attorney that's peddling conspiracy theories and crazy things because how yeah like how do they sort that out yeah. what is okay and yeah like are you allowed okay? to be a lawyer and have a website called creeps on a mission about the mm. Mueller investigation right. yeah all right i'm gonna i'm gonna re reveal more secrets who 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 all is a lawyer in the audience tonight put your hand up it's like three. the guy in the suit okay yes right more so, confidence so, guys you're lawyers come on right so to you four people i just want you to know snitches get stitches okay <laughs> keep it keep it on the dl to everybody else. Um, so are lawyers like magicians yeah, where if you give away yeah. your secret, somebody here's, comes at you in the night and takes your thumbs away or something? It, it, yeah. it, uh, uh, we'll talk. Because yeah, you pay, like, yeah. Sorry, so, so here's the thing. 
every and and these four like these are the only four people like four people are about to laugh and 196 people are about to cry. Um, the way in which you get disbarred as a lawyer is by commingling your clients' funds, right? Like that's the only fucking thing you have oh, to Avenatti. do. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. You can you can lie. You can like own a website that's like Donald Trump did nothing wrong dot com. Like you can do anything you want, and there's all sorts of like there's 13 layers of disciplinary bullshit, but. If you don't steal your client's retainer, like you're probably not going to get disbarred. Great and news. That sucks Although about Manafort us. was yeah, disbarred, so that's yeah, that's no nice. right. Uh, or or so or, or, or alternatively, if you sell our government out to the Russians, <laughs> I didn't think we had to say that. Yeah, but somehow you were only seven do. and a half years. There we go. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Andrew Torres, question for you. We finally got proposed language for a permanent injunction regarding the citizenship question today. Both cases, permanent language, yep. no citizenship question on the sentence. Census. Um, wait, wait, wait. Let's get a woo from the audience on that. Yeah. <clears throat> Pause for reaction. I have it written here. I'm surprised. I oh, that's great. <laughs> So your question, I know, right? Sorry. Uh, so where were these two cases being litigated? So those two cases were being litigated in the Southern District of New York, and the yeah, woo, woo SDNY represent, <laughs> woo, uh, and the uh, District of Maryland. Yes, Northern congratulations. Yeah. And additionally, today, the Southern District of New York, in that case, the plaintiffs have formally filed their motions for sanctions against the government, accusing the government officials of hiding facts and presenting false or misleading information about the genesis of the citizenship question. So that's fucking good news. That's, that's <laughs> true, by the way. And that's one of the reasons the judges were like, you can't just swap your lawyers out. These guys are still, there's still litigation pending. There's still sanctions under review, or we're about to file them. They did file them. And so in light of the Huffler documents, uh, I'm a huge man with two brains fan, but not a huge fan of racist gerrymandering. So I call him Huffler. Wait, He's what's the, the man with two brains yeah. thing? <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, so there's no oh, Steve the Martin age movie. division on this panel just became clear. <laughs> Abby Normal. Everyone who's laughing at Abby Normal, put your hands up. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'm I'm old. I'm sorry. Okay, it's Thank a reference. You. I can Google it. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, I'll bing cool. it. Better yet, watch it. Watch the man with two brains. Steve Martin. He's got a brain in a jar. Steve Martin's name is Doctor Huffar, <laughs> oh. and her name is Amelda. I just thought you were saying that weird for fun. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I invented it. No, I, I did not. That is that Thank is you. a man with two brains reference. Cool. Anyway, in light, is, do you think this is in light of the Huffler documents? And what happens if the court finds that the Department of Justice did hide facts or present false information? What is this sanctions filing? What happened? And I, I need to say before he goes into this answer that we've had an agreement already that I'm allowed to interrupt him at any time. <laughs> and he's allowed to interrupt me at any time. So if that happens, we're not being dicks. <laughs> I just want to let you know. <laughs> <laughs> because the answers are never... I want short answers, but I'm not a lawyer, and they're never short. So what happens... So, you know, the plaintiffs file these... You know, you, you, you guys misled... You know, you used false statements, false, false reasons for the genesis of this question. What could happen to them? Yeah, no, so... A, a couple of things. Number one, 
If anybody in the audience gets mad at AG for interrupting me, I will kick you in the genitals, okay? All right? So don't do that, right? I won't She's let great. Him, guys. Don't She's worry. fantastic. Um, two, uh, <laughs> I, like, I like having that to be the one. Uh, two, um, the, the sanctions, so you will see in the news that the lawyers uh, of representing the, the Department of Justice here uh, have agreed to a stipulated entry of an injunction, right, which says uh, that the Census Department will not, and, and it's, it's got the classic legalese, it's like, will not put a, census, a citizenship question on the census, will not talk about putting a citizenship question on the census, will not think about putting a citizenship question on the census, right? Like, that's, that's the injunction that was entered, and it's a consent order, right? So the government has agreed to that. Um, that does not moot the fact that for a year and a half, the Trump administration has lied to two district courts, to two circuit courts, and the Supreme Court of the United States of America. Right. They were saying yeah. the reason we're doing this is because we want to bolster the Voting Rights Act, when yeah. in fact the reason they were doing it was to racistly gerrymander districts for Republican whites. So if it's found, if the court finds in favor uh, that they did that, what, does it get referred to the Department of Justice and Barr just shits on it? What no, yeah. they, can, they can take those lawyers and they can make those lawyers pay money. They can introduce... To uh, me? Well, not to not to you, but I, I kind of feel like they should. I, I, you know, look, we've been on the forefront of this, so I, you know, I think we should get our cut. Um, they, 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 it, the, the court has broad powers of... Uh, control over lawyers that are before it. And this is really, really serious. And this is one of the things, like, look, we all know here that we have a criminally insane game show host as president, right? Um, and, and we know that he has a network of sycophants who are in high-level positions, some of whom slipped in and we didn't realize it. Oh, bar, right? Um, but... But one of the things, like, I'm a lawyer, so call me, like, overly optimistic. But, like, one of the things that I think is going to get us through this is the fact that there are two million executive branch employees. And, like, two million people aren't Trump loyalists, right? Like, they're not, they're not sycophants and idiots and morons and criminals. But do these lawyers go to jail? Do they yeah. pay fines? No, you they... can do all of those. So the court has, so that, that, I'm sorry, like, it, she's right. Interruptions, like, that was a good, that was a good one. Um, it, 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 the court can do whatever they want, and lawyers don't fucking want the court to do that, right? So, you, you, you saw that, right? Like when oh, the when they DOT, were arguing it, yeah. they were they were like, "I'm so I'm so sorry." A thousand pardons, thousand pardons, Judge. I don't know what the fuck this tweet is about. You know as much as I do. I'm so sorry. Sixteen years I've been here. Uh, Gardner, I think his name was. I've been here sixteen years. <laughs> <laughs> Tweets. Am I right? You know, and that was pretty much his whole fucking defense on that call. Like, fuck my career. I could be you know, sanctioned or whatever and be fucked. And, you know, it's like, ooh, it's, it was really yeah. sad to watch him have to go through that. I mean, fuck him, really. But it was sad to watch him have to go through that. Here's, here's the thing. Lawyers working for the DOJ right now 
are not going to be working for the DOJ five years from now. And, it, and that's not like a political thing. That's just a like, this is part of the stepping stones in you getting a like big partner law firm job somewhere else or you deciding to go sell uh, commercial lighting in Hawaii or whatever. I like, like your confidence right? that Trump yeah. will be voted out in 2020 uh, at least yeah. before that. Yeah, our next president, Elizabeth Warren. Right. He spoke it like it was truth. It's obviously That's what we got to do. It's the secret up in this bitch. We just yeah. got to be like, he's we're, fucking gone, and then, yeah, we got all new DOJ. We're, we're all in agreement. Vote in numbers large enough that they can't steal this away from you, right? Yep. That's, that's, that's an, I stole that. Don't, cl don't clap me. Clap for AG. That's her line. So. I'm sure I stole it from somebody. It's cool. Yeah. Well, <laughs> all right, so nobody else on the stage, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> then I came up yes. with a totally that and Hoffler. It's all me. Um, uh, Julissa, this week Nancy Pelosi caused a ruckus, mm. according to Fox <laughs> News, on the House floor during a vote to condemn Trump's racist tweets by saying what forbidden word? <laughs> they know. They know. Yeah, yeah. Forbidden word. Wow. That's weird. That's right. That's she. Weird. There's a House vote Friday to condemn the president's racist language. It was called the condemnation of the president's racist language. And just by reading the title of it, objection, <laughs> strict from the record, aim of stupid fuckface. And I think it was Doug <laughs> Collins. He's like, no, I wouldn't you need to reword that. Madam, do you want to do? And he was just a butthole. And then the parliamentary guy, who was that Cleve guy, he was like, fuck this. I'm not voting against this shit. And he leaves. And then everyone's like, oh, well, what do we do? And then eventually what happened is she won. She got to keep her language in the record, uh, which is huge. And the House voted to overrule the parliamentarian, which is nice. And it was poor Lenny Hoyer, is that his name? Had to get up there and be like, eh. <laughs> Stenny. Lenny. <laughs> it's Lenny and Squiggy, right, Laverne and Shirley? Yeah. yeah. That's him, Lenny Hoyer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to call him that from now on. Um, but pretty ballsy for a lady that won't open an impeachment inquiry. Um, uh, the House did vote to, to condemn Trump's racist language, and now he's got a bump in you know points from his base, and he's running on this. And I'm like, just open an impeachment inquiry, goddammit. Because at least you know we'll get more than having to decide to call him a racist on the record, and maybe there'll be some fucking crimes that we can uncover. But that's just me. No, it's not. Everyone agrees with me. Um, and the sad part is only four Republicans voted to condemn the president's Dude, that's language. like that, that's a high number relatively. <laughs> With their like, track record? Yeah. That's yeah. quadruple and the then, amount of Republicans. Yes. Yeah. And then I don't think that's counting the guy that's defected from the party entirely and is yeah. now independent, yeah. which is an ultimate ex-Republican. Yeah. Yeah. It was four plus a mosh, right? Yeah. 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 So five. Woo! Yeah. I know. Cool. Right? It's hot Clutch here again. my pearls. Yeah. So five yeah. Republicans aren't racists. Okay. Cool. You can say that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's not go that far. <laughs> That's generous. Um, uh, Jordan, over the past week or so, Jeffrey Epstein has been requesting to be let out on bail while he awaits trial for sex trafficking, raping children. But each time, the plaintiffs reveal something new. <laughs> it's like whack-a-mole. <laughs> yeah. 
The last time we found out what they found in his safe. $70,000 cash, a fake passport, and what third item? Diamond. Yes. Yes. That is correct. Right now there seems to be a bit of a dispute about the passports, plural. Uh, but first we heard he had an expired passport from Saudi Arabia. Then we heard Austria. Well, as it turns out, it wasn't a passport. F- it w- it it actually is a passport from the 80s issued by Austria showing him as a resident of Saudi Arabia. Totally legal and totally cool. Uh, Epstein is claiming that he had a fake passport saying that he, you know, that he lived in Saudi Arabia because he's Jewish and he wanted to protect himself if he ever fell victim to airline hijackings. <laughs> Quote, the passport was for personal protection in the event of travel to dangerous areas only to be presented to potential kidnappers, hijackers, or terrorists should violent episodes occur. Like Con Air? (laughs) Like one of those? (laughs) I cannot think of a level of higher white privilege than that. I need fake government illegal documents to protect me from hijackings. (laughs) Because on my private jet... (laughs) Can you re like? put yourself into a stupid person's brain and try to explain that again. What is the connection between... What is, he said something about a connection between being Jewish and being... <laughs> well, he's, he's Jewish, and he would travel a lot to the Middle East to, to traffic underage girls. I mean, to just visit. Right, right, right. And <clears throat> as a Jewish person, traveling a lot in the Middle East, d- dangerous areas for a Jewish person to travel, Saudi Arabia, whatever, you know, that's no big deal. Oh, to hijack his entire private jet because so he's Jewish? So he could be that's on a plane or on his private jet, and somebody would hijack or kidnap him, and he would be like, no, no, I am from Saudi Arabia. <laughs> oh. Via Austria. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, then. yeah. Yeah, okay. It's why I kind of look white, but I live, you know, I don't, it's, it's just his protection to, to say he's not Jewish, basically. Okay, I forgot that he had a private jet for a second. <laughs> I thought he was just saying, like, any plane I walk on is like, I mean, obviously it's all ridiculous, but okay, cool. But Thank this, you. This That's just awful. out. This just, I'm sorry, what were you going to say? Oh, I was just in shock. I wasn't going to say anything. So. Yeah. That's, That's all so ridiculous. I mean, my mom yeah. complained one time about breaking a nail trying to open champagne, and the nail lady wasn't open that day, and it was like the universe <laughs> was trying to keep her from going to Europe. Right. This beats that. <laughs> <laughs> but we found out today, like, just before we got here, the government responded to this. Oh, I never used the passport. I had it for hijacking and kidnappings. Like, you know, like everyone has that, right? It's totally normal. But I never used it. Well, the government responded today. Uh, you have shitload of stamps on here from France, Spain, UK, and Saudi Arabia. Ingress and egress stamps on your passport. Uh, bullshit. And so... Now he'll probably respond again with some other dumb thing, and the government will be like, actually, we found out this. Like, every time he says something, the government has this really great response to it, and I can't wait for it to come to fruition. Yeah, that should be its own segment, like, wait, there's more. Yeah, Yeah, dude, he has, like, a Mary Poppins safe. Oh. Just the worst (laughs) thing ever. Can't wait are some weird words to use there. (laughs) Yeah, I know, I know. Um, Ha-ha, gross. Uh, Torres... Mr. Torres, who failed to respond to her House Oversight Committee subpoena this week to answer for her multiple violations of the Hatch Act? She clearly needs a lessons from an ethics <laughs> advisor who can maybe give her some advice yeah. on how to not violate the Hatch Act. Who was it? Yeah, that is everyone's favorite Twitter troll, Kellyanne. 
Yes, your favorite White House advisor that looks like she stared directly into the Ark of the Covenant. I, who, who, by the way, one year prior to the Trump campaign, could not get hired to, like, poll a district dog catcher race in Racine, Wisconsin. Yeah. Wait, can I run for district dog catcher? Yeah. I would totally be good at that yeah. job. No, she's she's a poll, she's a third-rate pollster who has run out of every decent Midwest town I thought town you were going to say country. poltergeist, and I was yeah. going to be yeah. on board with They that. moved the headstones, also but they true, didn't move yeah. the bodies. Yeah. All right, yes. Uh, so she, they asked her to come in voluntarily. She did not. They subpoenaed her. She ignored it. Now they're threatening to hold her in contempt. I just don't see how this matters unless she's ordered by a court to appear and then doesn't, and then, you know, the White House is in defiance or she's in defiance of a, of a, a court order. But I suppose we could hold her in criminal contempt, but that would end up being referred to the Department of Justice, which is where Bill Barr is, and he's not going to do anything. So we need an impeachment inquiry uh, if not into Trump, at least into Bill Barr for his blatant obstruction of justice, his handling of the release of the Mueller report, and his complete stonewalling of this entire investigation. All right, before we bring out our interview, before we bring out our interview, it's time to play the Fantasy Indictment League. I don't know how we have not been sued yet. <laughs> for that. AJ, is it, is it too late to make a Kellyanne Conway joke? No, what okay, is it? Okay, okay. I mean, if she is a poltergeist, maybe she was there, but we just couldn't see it, right? <laughs> like, Ooh. It's a thinker more than a punchline, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It's a grenade joke. That might be how she gets out of the hatch act. Yeah, oh. I'm oh, not oh real. Oh, gosh. Oh, Aw, thanks. Dude, that's so sweet. Thank you. Aww. Thank you Thank so you. much. Malibu. <laughs> We're taking orders. This never happens at any show, right, only so Philadelphia. I just so want much. you guys to know that. <laughs> this is great. We never drink when we record anymore, and this is good. This is good times right now. <laughs> now we double fist. Yeah, those patrons who heard some of those early mini-sodes of bonus content where we're like, I don't even understand why Jill is a problem. <laughs> I like Jill McCabe, okay? Yeah. She was a doctor. She just wanted to fix things. Yeah, man. We went like full Glenn Beck on some episodes, just yeah. crying. Yeah, and then and then I meet Andrew McCabe and his and his wife, and then I'm like, oh, I did a bonus minisode about your wife. No, I didn't. You don't want to hear that. That was terrible. <laughs> I mean, I, she I wrote a blog. She was cool with it, though, right? She agreed with you that he's a McBabe, so she was cool with the frame. Oh, yeah, but I, yeah. I was so wasted during that episode. That's <laughs> fair, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we decided to stop doing that, but no, not in Philadelphia. I see how you are. Um. <laughs> so this is a midweek fantasy indictment league, so we're going to play for funsies, but Jordan, your, pick and, your picks and my picks are going to stand for this week. Okay. But Jaleesa, you didn't get to make picks because you were sick this weekend. Right, right. Uh, and we're so glad that you're well now. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, guys. So I got to go first in the last one, and I picked... Who did I pick? I picked Flynn. 
because I think he's going to be charged for his failure to registration register. His, see, you guys are already doing it. His failure to register as a foreign agent. I think he and, and carries a max of five years. It might be worth it for them to go after. Sometimes they don't go after it. So uh, then it is Jaleesa's turn. Okay, cool. Um, and it, it can involve like the Epstein stuff or Ep mm -hmm. yeah, Epstein. I'm, I forget which part is. Um, you want to do Epstein or you yeah. want to? Yeah. Well, I was going to say Alan Dershowitz. Um, <laughs> yeah. It seems like he's something's a brewing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Alan, I kept my underwear on Dershowitz. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't wear boxer briefs. I guarantee it. Gross. <laughs> Me? Yeah. Oh. My pick? Yeah. Oh. Because we have to prevent her from picking some of our picks, but, you know, we, yeah. we just, because we, it's to be fair, but, uh, but we'll just keep our old picks. Okay. Uh, I picked Soriano as my first pick. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Ooh. Yeah. He's like a sketchy dude that's just around all the other sketchy dudes, and that's uh, <laughs> all the evidence that's really publicly available right now. But right, right. I'm going to bet on other sketchy dudes going down. If it quacks like a down. sketchy dude, yeah, that kind yes, of thing. Yes, <laughs> exactly. That's the phrase. If it quacks like a sketchy dude, he's whack <laughs> like a sketchy dude. <laughs> I like it. Make a shirt. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Brody, Elliot Brody. Oh. <laughs> okay. Everyone's like, I, I forgot about Elliot Brody. Like, yeah. yeah. Don't Michael forget Cohen about Elliot Brody. Right? Yeah, no, good. Totally creepy guy. Oh, um, oh. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go state, and I'm gonna go uh, Trump org. Oh. So. Thanks. I I like how people are clapping that pick. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. Much love. State though. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because as we know, yeah. Because obviously the... Bill Barr is gonna quash anything. That, yeah. No. I, <laughs> yeah. I agree. Fuck Bill Barr. That's. Yeah, I wonder why Barr line. hasn't made our... Because he's, like, the highest law of the land. That's yeah, probably, he could yeah. prevent any charges yeah, against himself. Yeah, but as soon as he's anyway. out, uh, Barr... No, I'm going to say for now, um, Trump victory. I think that'll happen mm. first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trump v. You. <laughs> um, all right, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Lisa Korbatov. That, uh, the first person questioned in the uh, federal grand jury investigation into Brody. Lisa Korbatov. Uh, I had Joel Zamel as my second pick. Such a good one. So mm. good right now. Mm. Yeah. Zamel is Mr. ripe as a Cy motherfucker. Man. <laughs> Joel Zamel, Psy Group, right? Right, oh, right. Douchebag. Uh, all right, sir? I like all that. Um, gosh. Uh, how about um, related to... Failure to appear for a subpoena, I think first out of the shoot is going to be Hope Hicks. Ooh. <laughs> Popular choice. Yeah, this is so crazy that we're here just like, yeah, it's in the jail. It's like, they should just be there. They should really just be there. But Ooh, yeah. This administration's fucking criminal. <laughs> Jaleesa, who you got? I will go, um, as far as like sketchy back channel things, Eric Prince. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm going to go with Corsi. Jerome. <laughs> um, my third guy was Roy Burstein. Ah, Roy yes. Burstein, yes. 
Mm-hmm. Who's that guy again? Zamel's buddy. Zamel um, and, and Roy E. were called in uh, to testify. At yeah, I forget which one was the founder versus... Zamel was the founder, I believe. Of yeah, I think... Zamel was, was like the owner and he was the CEO. Or some, yeah. Yeah, or, yeah, some combination of CEO, co-founder, mm-hmm. and... Just making up his own yeah. titles, yeah, Just yeah. Just in running shit, basically. <laughs> running bad shit. Definitely. So... There, there's no chance of this now, but I'm shamelessly pandering to the crowd, and I'm going to go with uh, AMI. Nice. Oh, yeah. That's a popular pick on, yeah. yeah. Jaleesa. Yeah. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Um, did anyone get a, oh, you did Trump org. Damn it. Um, Nobody's done, uh, uh, you know what? Mm. Well, yeah, yeah, there's Trump. Okay, Trump victory. I want to get all the Trumps like a bingo. Uh, <laughs> Trump, what else? Inaugural, thank you. Fuck yes. you. Man. That was my next choice. She's oh. telling her. Thank you, Jordan. Yeah. All right. Did you, Trump already, did you already pick that? I forget. Did you pick that on the main episode? No, I, I picked the uh, org. Okay. Um, Perfect. Uh, okay. Right? Uh, Down to the wire. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm selecting Pecker. <laughs> okay, and uh, Tom Barrick. Nice, Barrick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, look, look nice. I might nice. as well go home, right? Jalisa takes my pick. Ag Aww. takes my backup pick. Um, I why don't why don't I take uh, Trump Jr. Yeah. <laughs> Such, it, such nice people, yeah, just rooting for imprisonment. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. they I deserve love the pity. it. Oh, yes. The, the, the we pity nice slash we live in the worst possible timeline claps. Yeah. That's, those are great. Yeah. yeah, I just look out and I see the nicest smiling faces. <laughs> All right, Julie, see your final pick. All right, Everyone I will go with uh, the thing I smoked earlier, Kush. Yeah. yeah. I'm surprised you didn't pick Brittany Kaiser this week. Well, you know what? I keep thinking she's, it's going to happen, but they haven't talked about Cambridge Analytica in a long time. I feel like they're probably still working on it. It'll happen, though. I, yeah. <laughs> it's coming. Right. They changed their name, and now they're a whole new company, right? Em- so, Everdata. Yeah. That's yeah. what they like to believe, but oh. no one's letting it's what them they want that easy. Yeah. Yeah. If only changing your company name protected you from prosecution. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag Kaga. <laughs> 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 But noise. <laughs> yeah. One of these days I want to have like somebody edit a video of us sitting around in a dance circle picking, throwing down our things, and every once in a while he'd go, noise. <laughs> and we would just have that. Um, real quick, speaking of Brittany Kaiser, did y'all know I mentioned this on the pod, but there's like a whole Netflix documentary coming out. That's, that's right. Yeah. Did it's due, it? right? It's coming out like it's supposed to be spring. It's already summer. What the fuck happened to that thing? I don't know. But I think it's coming out and she's like the center of it, right? Yeah, she's so it's about to, Brittany yeah. Kaiser and it's gonna follow like her whole journey. Um Criming, I guess. Um, I'm going to watch it because it might take her down. I think You don't people... know what it's like to be a Britney. Right? <laughs> yeah. She wants to play the victim card, but I think these are the things that, like, R. Kelly, the whole surviving R. Kelly, I mean, he didn't want that, but, like, these documentaries and, like, all this, like, investigative stuff is what takes people down these days. So I'm all for it. Watch it, yeah. guys. Let's hear Rate from it. the Miami Herald, you know? Yeah, Fuck. yeah. All right, guys, it is time for the interview, and we are so excited and so lucky to be joined by our next guest. She's a former FBI counterintelligence agent. She's a CNN analyst, one of my favorite people. Please welcome Asha Rangappa. (laughs) 
Ha, Asha, how are you? Good. Get up. Oh, sorry. There you go. <laughs> how are you? I'm really well. Uh, I'm doing well. So, Aja, we just learned today that federal judge William Pauley has said federal investigators have finished their probe into campaign finance violations surrounding the hush money payments, Southern District of New York. As we know, they are not going to file charges against anyone in the Trump organization, despite what seems to be clear evidence of wrongdoing. Uh, what do you make of the shuttering of this investigation five months ago? And is it weird that I find it weird that that's right around the time Barr was appointed and confirmed? Yeah, so in the FBI, we would call this a clue. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you know, I... So let me be... I'll be serious here. Like, I... My experience being in the FBI and as a part of the Department of Justice is that I think that in general, it's very hard to pull off some kind of deep state, you know, behind the scenes kind of thing. It's a very rigid, bureaucratic environment where every decision you make has to be documented and justified and going up the chain. Um, and especially because this is the Southern District of New York, which is kind of known within the De Justice Department as the sovereign district, okay? The, the Southern District of New York tends to have a lot of independence, does its own thing. I was in the New York FBI office also at the time when I was there, um, you know, was known for kind of running its own investigations. Having said that, Bart is the Attorney General, and if he can find a justification to uh, you know, decide that the investigation ought to be closed and there is you know, some kind of basis, I think he could do that. And here, what you have is a Department of Justice policy against indicting a sitting president, okay? The, the charges and indictment against Michael Cohen made it very clear that he committed a felony at the direction of individual one. I mean, to me, this does not leave a lot of room that there is at least a substantial basis to believe that the president committed a campaign finance felony. Um, but if, if the argument is we will not indict him as long as he is a, a sitting president, and if that is a reason that you cannot just keep the investigation open, then that would, on its face, be a legitimate basis on which to close the investigation. Well, and here's the other problem, too, is the other person who signed that check that Cohen brought in was Junior. And as we know from the Mueller report, in order to commit a f campaign finance violation, you have to know knowingly and willfully commit that. He's too stupid to commit that crime is basically what they found out. And, and because I know that everyone says ignorance of the law is no excuse. Sometimes it is in some of these is specific statutes. And so that might be what or why they couldn't whine. Why they couldn't <laughs> charge Junior, for example, because he, he uh, no, you know, uh, or he wasn't willfully, knowingly committing a campaign finance violation. But the judge uh, today, and this is just my opinion on how I think he was thinking. It's not exactly probably what he meant, but he looked at this shit and went, well, fuck this. I'm releasing all this shit then. You're going to get it in the next two days. Ah! 
uh, more probably just like, oh, well, okay, well, the American public needs to know the, the investigation is closed. I'm going to go ahead and release these documents, even though the government has asked me to keep parts of it under seal. That's the nice way of it. But um, Can I'm, I just add something here? I'm excited I mean, about just, this. Just, you know, to keep hope alive. Um, <laughs> You know, remember that the New York Attorney General, this is the State Attorney General of New York. Um, and this is, this is before the current Attorney General, Tish James. This is uh, Barbara Underwood, and then I can't even remember. Schneiderman. 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 Okay. Yeah. Um, had been Almost in made it into our sexy justice calendar, but then he got me too'd, so we had to move him yeah. in. Yeah. He um, got too sexy. Had, made it, had uh, investigated <laughs> the the Trump Foundation, right? And this was a civil suit, um, but it resulted in them finding or settling based on a, a finding that essentially the Trump Foundation which in, and the board, which included the, you know, Trump and his kids, were using the foundation money, which in, is charitable funds, as their personal slush fund, okay, to buy things, including a six-foot-tall portrait of himself um, for $25,000. So, but, but Megan Rapino is arrogant. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a civil suit and that foundation was shut down, but there was, you know, reporting at the time that the New York Attorney General was following leads from that into the tax implications and other business practices of the Trump organization. And so, you know, one consequence of the feds you know shutting this down for good is that the the states the state of new york is really free to pick this up and run with it or to go on i mean typically when the states and federal government are kind of overlapping there's a little bit of comedy of you know let the feds go first and then the state kind of waits around until the feds are done the feds are done so um, the state can pursue this, including state tax charges, violations of state financial crimes, and importantly, the President of the United States does not have pardon power over state offenses. The <laughs> and that Office of Legal Counsel member in the Department of Justice doesn't cover that state's does not attorneys cover general. Sta that's right. So Bill Barr has no oversight, and neither does the Department of Justice, over the state attorney general, and there is theoretically nothing that bars a state from indicting a sitting president. Now, this has never been done. This would be major constitutional showdown, um, but I don't know, you know, Tish might be up to it, and I definitely think in terms of going after, say, the, the traitor tots, as I like to call them, um, uh, there's nothing that would necessarily stop them, and uh, the president wouldn't be able to pardon them. And, yep. and, and look, like, ne never been done is, is correct, but the state of New York indicted the sitting vice president, Aaron Burr, in 1808 for I trying that. to fucking kill the president, <laughs> right? So, like, that it's, it, it's it, if you can indict the vice president, you can probably indict the president. Well, and then we had the Agnew um, stuff that we found out from Bagman, an incredible uh, podcast from uh, Rachel Maddow. <clears throat> Who didn't win the Webby? Who won the Webby? I'm sorry. Cut I've her never off, done guys. anything like that. I'm, wait. I'm not arrogant, I'm a confident woman, okay. I still, as a woman, I'm all, I'm just kidding, I'm so 
I'm sorry. <laughs> She's not listening. It's okay. <laughs> okay, because I love her. Um, so I wanted to ask you a question because I got the nickname for Rod Rosenstein from you, Snoop Dagg. <laughs> and we were like, yeah. But then later we found out he was like, I'm going to land this plane for you and all this other shit. And then you put out a piece on something called reflexive control, which is an active measure. And it has a lot to do with the language that we use or that we're told that we need to use. And Rosenstein used the word collusion, crimes of collusion, in his August 2nd memo, I think, outlining Mueller's uh, scope of his investigation into Manafort. And now I can't help but wonder if that wasn't purposeful or not, uh, or if it wasn't purposeful, that the sentence was bad. Uh, <laughs> edit. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what, when, because Mueller's about to testify, and he goes into great depth in his report about, I didn't look at collusion, I know everyone says collusion. He even says, I know Rod Rosenstein said collusion, it's not a thing, we did this. What happened to the to rise and fall of Snoop Dagg, I guess, is the best way to put it. Yeah, I, I had high hopes for Snoop Dagg. Um, now I kind of think of him as Wormtail. Oh, yeah. That's what we call Dowd, right? just because they look the same. He's yeah. kind of Wormtail. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, I think that there are just people, I, I think there's a whole taxonomy of people who enable a con. I think of it as the infrastructure of the con. And, um, you know, you have very corrupt people right in the middle, and we can identify who those people are. But then below them, you have enablers. And these are people who simply lack the moral courage and will go in whatever direction the wind is blowing um, just as a matter of self-preservation and survival. And they're, they're kind of almost like the saddest group of people, you know? <laughs> um, yep. They're Wormtail. And so that's where I think Rosenstein falls. As far as reflexive control, this is a really important concept for Americans to understand. Reflexive control is a Russian tactic that is used in information warfare. The idea, it's like game theory, but with information. And the idea is that you feed your adversary certain assumptions, knowing that they will react in a predictable way. And the way they react will actually further your goal because it helps them to reach a conclusion that you want them to reach but they essentially reach it on their own, okay? So you're being psychologically manipulated. The way that this worked with the collusion, you know, scam, basically, is, and I don't even know where the origin of this word came, like where it, where it started that it was, it was called collusion. Now, as a legal matter, collusion is, does not have legal significance. It's like the legal equivalent of jello, okay? Outside of very, <laughs> Specific More not like Jello. <laughs> Outside of very specific context, like in antitrust law, when when companies collude, like price fixing, it does not have like a legal consequence. Yeah, and Mueller brought that up. He said not only did Rosenstein use it, and not only did the public and the media use it, and you might you might have heard, you might have seen this previous in in uh, antitrust law, and that's because of price fixing, right? Price fixing, right. Um, so collusion starts getting thrown around very early in discussion of the Russia probe. And the reaction from the Trump 
side and his supporters were, was collusion is not a crime, okay? Now, there, there are two ways you can respond to that. One is, okay, that's, that's correct, and then you can move on from there, or you can say, so what? Actually, everything that makes you unfit to be president is not a violation of the criminal code, okay? That should have been the reaction. Instead, the reaction was, <laughs> the, the predictable reaction to collusion is not a crime was, well, collusion may not be a crime, but conspiracy is a crime. Now, conspiracy is a crime, but it's a narrowly defined crime. Conspiracy requires an overt agreement or, you know, an agreement between two or more people to achieve a certain objective and then an overt act in furtherance of that objective in order for it to be charged criminally. And you have to be able to prove that beyond a reasonable doubt in court and for the Department of Justice to charge it. And, and then sustain it in the face of appeal or you can't bring exactly. charges. Or it can't be, you know, like resolved some other non-criminal way. Right. Like impeachment or whatever. So, you know, and when you're dealing with foreign intelligence services, I did counterintelligence for the FBI. I investigated foreign intelligence services. They typically are not walking into a room and saying, let's agree to commit a crime. Okay, they're not doing that. They are using cutouts and intermediaries. They are manipulating you into furthering their activities, sometimes even unwittingly. So if you're creating the bar as conspiracy and you're dealing especially with a foreign intelligence service, you are not going to, I would say 99% of the time, you are not gonna find a conspiracy. But this is what the American public decided was the standard. Collusion is not a crime. Okay, but conspiracy is a crime. So then the media, everybody was looking for, will there be a criminal conspiracy? And unfortunately, by holding him to a criminal standard as opposed to an ethical, moral, fitness for duty standard that we expect from the commander in chief, you know, basically everybody signed on to the conclusions of the Mueller report. Right. And, and Mueller said in his report, the reason I'm doing this, knowing I can't indict anybody and knowing the super high bar I have to meet to prove a broader criminal conspiracy, the reason I'm doing this is because we need to get the evidence down while it's fresh in everybody's mind and while everybody is, you know, remembering it and we have to preserve it before people destroy documents or text messages, which they had already done by the time he got to them. But can I, I mean, just to, just to yeah. close the loop... Um, what, what then was used by Trump and Barr and Rosenstein is to equate collusion with conspiracy as though they are the same thing. Mm -hmm. They are not the same thing. Conspiracy is a specifically chargeable crime with particular elements. Collusion is encouraging, facilitating, welcoming, um, you know, participating in any kind of secret agreement to, you know, to some, uh, outcome. It's a looser term. And if you read the Mueller report, if you read the 448 pages, there is plenty of evidence of collusion, um, not, con not criminal conspiracy. But now in the popular imagination, those two terms, because of reflexive control, has been equated as being one and the same. I have two questions um, on that topic. So one is, do you, do you think it's too late to go back and change like our argument? And secondly, what would be a better argument than collusion and conspiracy? Yeah, can we unreflexive control? Can we unfuck <laughs> ourselves? Is that possible? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, remember that impeachable 
the, the impeachment clause of the Constitution says that the, the president can be um, impeached for bribery, treason, or high crimes and misdemeanors. Um, you know, contrast that with the language that's written for the pardon power. He can pardon crimes against the United States. They specifically did not say, you know, he can be impeached only for crimes against the United States. That means that they imagined a broader class of, of actions and conduct that can be impeachable. When I was in the FBI, um, you know, they train you in how to do background investigations. And there's a mnemonic that you were supposed to use when you conducted background checks. And that mnemonic is Carla F. Bad. I know that huh. <laughs> AG knows this because I, I tweet it like every periodically to remind people. And Carla F. Bad stands for character, associates, reputation, loyalty, ability, bias, finances, alcohol, and drugs. It's to help you remember to cover all of those things when you're talking to somebody. And if you go through that, I'll repeat that again, character, associates, reputation, loyalty, ability, bias, alcohol, finances. Finan I was wondering what the F is. Yeah, sorry, finances. That was just fuck and, and you I weren't saying that. it. <laughs> finances, um, bias, alcohol, and drugs. I mean, arguably, only alcohol and drugs are like the two things that he may not completely fail on. Um, I don't even know what you're know, talking about right now. <laughs> but that's, that's the standard for trustworthiness. That is what every other person who is in a position of trust, who gets access to classified information, they have to be able to pass all of those standards, whether they have committed a crime or not before they can get a job. And hundreds of thousands of people get turned down for jobs because they can't be trusted with a security clearance. This guy got this job, he did not go through a background check, and I think Carla F. Bad, not Title 18 of the US Code, should be the standard. Oh. I like that too. Uh, and maybe that's one of the lessons we take forward with us in this. Hey guys, we hope you're enjoying the show live from Philly. We'll be right back with the conclusion. Thanks to Crest for supporting Muller, she wrote. The Crest 3D Whitening Kit is the perfect way to whiten your teeth to make the most of your smile. As I'm sure you guys know, all of the food and drinks that we have over the years takes a toll on how our teeth look, and by proxy, takes a toll on how we look, and it, and it can affect your confidence. But Crest White Strips are the most effective way to whiten your smile by removing 10 years of tough, set-in stains from coffee, wine, smoking, whatever you're doing to your teeth. And it's the number one dentist-recommended whitening system. It's extremely convenient, which you know is important to me because we're always traveling, and I'm an efficiency enthusiast. Uh, and there's no messy gels or trays, which can be gross. So this is just applied in the comfort of your own home. No slip grip for white strips that allow you to drink water during treatment if you want. It even includes an LED blue light to help target stains. So the ingredients work faster and better than just the white strips alone. It's the same LED light technology that's used by dentists. And it's guaranteed to deliver 100% noticeably whiter teeth. If you're not satisfied, you can get your money back. So I make a lot of public appearances and my smile is really important to me, but I've also spent my life drinking coffee. And I do enjoy wine. 
uh, and I end up with stains on my teeth, and that can impact my confidence. But this new system with the LED light targeted those stains. My teeth are at least two shades whiter after one use. So order your first Crest 3D whitening strip kit with patented blue LED light online today and receive a special offer of $20 off. So go to CrestWhiteSmile.com and enter promo code AG. Free shipping included. That's $20 off your first Crest 3D whitening strip kit when you go to CrestWhiteSmile.com and use the promo code AG at checkout. You'll be glad you did. One more question for you, Asha. With uh, You mentioned uh, you know, your counterintelligence background. According to Schiff, they haven't been briefed on counterintelligence stuff from the, you know, the Mueller investigation uh, ever. And, uh, well, since Comey was there. So what do you do when you can't, you're the FBI and you're in the counterintelligence and you can't brief the Gang of Eight because Nunes and Burr are in there? <laughs> or, like, what, like, why haven't, I mean, I guess I can kind of guess why they haven't got a briefing, but I, my big existential fear is if you've got counterintelligence information that the president is an asset of a foreign government and everyone surrounding him is, or a lot of people surrounding him, who do you tell if William, if Bill Barr is the AG and half of your gang of eight are turncoats and, and that's a Philadelphia term, and <laughs> like, who do you tell? Like, I'm, I'm an atheist, so you can't, like, God, you can't tell God. Um, <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like, yeah, could you, yeah, yeah. Legally, could no, you brief is... Pelosi or could you brief Schiff or something without yeah. seeming political? So, okay. Um, the counterintelligence side of the FBI is very different than the criminal side. Um, so, you know, just as a, a broad matter, one of the things that drives me crazy is when they'll point to somebody who might have been implicated in Russia contacts and they'll say, well, he was never charged. And, you know, in the counterintelligence side, very few... Th- you know, cases see the inside of a courtroom. Because the purpose is not to gather evidence of criminal activity. The, pur- the purpose is to assess whether the person is a threat to national security. When it comes to counterintelligence, the FBI's job is to identify, monitor, and neutralize foreign intelligence activity. Okay? All right. And so neutralize how do we, how do we neutralize a- Trump? <laughs> I know, that's, that's a jump. I'm yeah, sorry. So- so what does this mean? So when you know foreign intelligence services, spies from other countries are operating here, the FBI watches them, they figure out what they're doing. Neutralization can take a number of different forms. So one could be you just monitor them. Once you're onto them, it's in your interest to not let them know what you know. You just keep getting information, they're burned, they don't know it. So do you guys remember the uh, 10... Um, Russians that were posing as Americans that were living in New York. Okay, so the FBI was monitoring them for 10 years. This is like the goose that laid the golden eggs. You know, they were just getting all their information, figuring out what they were doing. This is a great boon to our intelligence activities. Another thing you can do is you can, um, you know, if there's somebody that who has access to classified information, you can feed them disinformation. So Robert Hansen is a good example of this. Once they thought that Robert Hansen might be spying for first the Soviet Union and Russia, what the FBI did is internally they gave him a promotion um, and they kind of moved him to a place where he didn't have access to sensitive information, but they were still kind of giving him like crap um, that he was just feeding back. So that neutralizes it because then your adversary is not getting real information. Um, A final thing you can do 
is that you can kick them out of the country. So most spies here are acting under diplomatic cover. They're here as the cultural attache from, you know, wherever. And um, so, you know, that's why the counterintelligence offices are primarily in New York and Washington, D.C. and San Francisco. Um, this is called declaring them persona non grata. It's a verb in the intel community. You PNG somebody. You just kick them out. This is a diplomatic move. It's very embarrassing to that country. So here an example is that in December of 2016, um, because of the uh, Russia's- I love, I love this part. That Russia's election interference, President Obama kicked out PPNG'd 35 Russian spies. Now, just so you know, I've been involved in one PNG, and it was a shit show, because um, basically you have the FBI, the CIA, and the State Department all fighting, okay? The FBI wants to kick the person out. It's very rare. You only do this when they're, like, really up to no good, okay? And this is because the State Department hates PNGing people. It's incredibly disruptive to their diplomatic efforts. It's highly embarrassing to the country. It causes all kinds of rifts. And the CIA hates it because when we PNG somebody, the other country does a tit-for-tat, which means they typically will kick out one spy for everybody that we spy. So you typically see like one or two, maybe, very rarely. Obama kicked out 35. So, and the FBI is saying to the CIA and the State Department, like, just trust us. Yeah. Like, you so, and, and, and just as a, a small little segue, because I, I think that this was lost at the time. This is why it was so terrible that Michael Flynn was having these secret conversations to Russia to not retaliate. Because there's so much chess playing that goes into doing that, that I have no doubt that the Obama administration said, we are going to take this huge step of kicking out 35 people. They've calculated that Russia is going to retaliate by doing X, Y, Z. What the Trump administration did is they secretly said, don't do anything. We'll fix everything. We're going to lift sanctions or whatever they said. Then that didn't happen. By 2017, when whatever Putin was promised didn't come through, he kicked out 775 of our diplomatic personnel from Russia. Completely obliterated our diplomatic capacity as well as our intelligence capacity there. So that's why that was so destructive. But going back to your question about the president, when the call is coming from inside the White House, you cannot neutralize the threat, okay? All of these things that I just mentioned, you can't do. Let's say you continue to monitor them. The purpose of monitoring them is to gather intelligence. Who is the ultimate consumer of intelligence? The President of the United States, okay? So then you're monitoring somebody that, like, how do you do that? If, if, if the target that you're monitoring has access to the classified information and it's the president, you cannot cut off his access to the classified information. He is entitled as the president of the United States to see it. And finally, I am sad to report, we cannot kick out the president of the United States and send him back where he came from. <laughs> <laughs> so... You know, so the FBI is in this very difficult situation. If, if they opened a counterintelligence investigation on the President of the United States, this should, like, have been news for months, okay? This is huge. What has happened with that? How did they resolve it? 
does he continue to be a national security threat? And if they aren't reporting to the Gang of Eight, which they are required to do at least twice a year, it's because they have discovered such, I mean, my opinion, they've discovered some information that is so sensitive or they're getting information from sources that are so sensitive and they cannot trust the people on that committee to keep that information And you classified. can't just give it to half the committee because then you seem political. What's that? What, like, sorry. like, how do you, like, if you have this information, it's really important, can you just give it to the good half? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you have, I believe you have to give it to the chair and the ranking yeah. member. Yeah. Um, you know, it's worth noting, though, that when the counterintelligence investigation against the president was opened, they were notified. So all of this deep state stuff, they were notified as they were required by law when it's a U.S. person, and especially they would have done this anyway because it's the President of the United States, um, the FBI notified this committee. So all of this, you know, this happened under Obama. They were trying to throw, you know, this May of 2017, after he won the election, the President of the United States was, became the subject of a counterintelligence investigation. Everybody, including Devin Nunes, was notified um, and I know, so, even, even Devin was like, I don't think I should be in here right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big problem. Yeah, and Maddo, when, I think Maddo asked um, Andrew McCabe, what do you do? And he's like, we've never been in this situation, literally never been in this situation before, and I'm no longer the acting director of the FBI. Peace! No, he didn't, he didn't say that, but like... <laughs> Like, it, it, it was, it left me with the same, like, freaked out feeling, like, we've never been here, what do we do? And uh, I guess we, and it's, it's just. And it's, you know, it's especially difficult because the President of the United States has awesome powers, particularly when it comes to national security and foreign affairs. He has almost unfettered power. So he decides how we decide to deal with another country, Okay. If he doesn't want to take action against Russia or Putin, we are the, that the all of the intelligence agencies take direction from him. They cannot. If you think the CIA or the NSA or DIA are doing things like kind of on their own, they're not. They cannot legally. I mean, if they are, it's actually also troubling, right? Because you don't want to have like rogue intelligence agencies. We had those in the '60s and '70s. It did not turn out so well on a number of fronts. So. Um, we're in a really bad situation uh, in terms of our vulnerability, um, and I think that there is, in, it is entirely possible that the president is an unwitting asset. I actually think he cannot possibly be a witting asset because he would make a terrible spy. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he just blast. Like, I mean, I've run, you know, assets, and like he doesn't take. I don't, he, he wouldn't take taskings. He'd like he'd brag about it. He'd be like, "Oh, Putin thinks I'm great." You know, right? as a spy, no, you know, and right? Would, like, say like that. Manafort was good, right? He was a good tasker. He was a good tasking. Who was this? Manafort. He was. He yes. was a good asset. No, he would. He would. He would have been good. Page. I don't think he had enough shit worth having to be an asset, but they tried like He's three like a, times. He would have been like a fellow traveler, like Asian of influence that they would have used. But yeah. Um, yeah, and then Trump would just be a useful idiot, I think. He would be telling, he would have Israel in the OBS, be like, you won't believe what I'm doing for Russia. They have me hooked up pretty good. And you're like. Oh. It'd be a great movie though, I gotta say, yeah. <laughs> the ignorant asset. Definitely, and I was thinking, you know, when you're always saying, like, who, who are we going to go to? Like, you can't go to the Gang of Eight. Like, who are you going to call? I think Ghostbusters every time. Yeah. 
right? The female Ghostbusters will save democracy. <laughs> FBI, tell Bill Murray. That's who you need to tell. Just tell Bill Murray, and he and I will have a meeting, and we'll figure out what to do. Uh, well, I don't feel any better. Thank you. <laughs> for that. Now, I have time for three questions and I have a, a, about two minutes apiece. So who's the first question for the panel? Pop on up here. Sir, jump on up. Uh, and if you want to get in line behind him so that you have your, that you're in line, that you would be good to go. I like your shirt. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, all right. Um, Justice Stevens issued an opinion uh, where he, um, he found that the suit against uh, Bill Clinton, uh, Paula Joe's suit, could move forward. Uh, now, uh, Bill Clinton was actually president at the time. So um, I remember. It, it, would, it would seem that that would establish, uh, set the law that a suit could move against a sitting president. Now, um, Civil suit. A civil suit. In federal court. Yeah, that was a court. federal civil suit. Okay. And so the OLC opinion is based on the idea that a criminal charge against the president, that in order to, for him to mount a defense, to be able to, um, you know, particularly their speedy trial requirements and all of that, would take away so much of the focus from his presidential duties as to impair his ability to perform those functions. Um, this is not, by the way, a settled legal question, right? Okay. Like this is an opinion by the Office of Legal Counsel within the Department of Justice. Now, query whether the idea that it would take too much time from the president's duties applies <laughs> to a president who has spent a third of his time golfing. I, I could take that to court on my own. <laughs> But were you going to ask about like why we can't indict a sitting president? If well, if, exactly. I mean, yeah. um, and and that's that's a, a good distinction. But we can't sue a president because, civil, as, as you know, the Congressional Democrats' emoluments lawsuit has been able to go forward, which is not a criminal federal case. It is a civil lawsuit brought against the president for violating the emoluments clause. That's been allowed to go forward, and a lot of the precedent that they use is that what is it, Clinton v. Jones? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that you can sue, uh, you know, you might not be able to handle a federal criminal investigation because you're so busy with your president <laughs> shit, but you can certainly handle a civil suit. He's only handled 5,800 in his life. I think he can take another one. The other issue with the, the distinction between the civil and criminal is that you then create a, a, another kind of constitutional issue if you get to the the sentencing phase, like the punishment phase, right? Like, let's say you were to go through with a criminal um, indictment and go through a trial and he's convicted. The Constitution only allows for removal of the president through the process of impeachment. There is no other con like constitutional way. So then what do you do? Like, you cannot, you know, marshals cannot come in and arrest him and put him in jail until he is impeached and removed. So you, you end up in these, you know, um, very difficult situations. There's also the philosophical idea of whether the head of the executive branch, whether his own Justice Department can then prosecute him, you know, because it's like the, effectively, they are an extension of him, they would then be prosecuting themselves. And so um, I think they just avoid all of that. Now there is a lot of scholarly uh, debate, and there are many scholars who believe that um, you could bifurcate this, meaning that you, can, you should be able to indict the president, even if you are to 
try him after he leaves office, or alternatively, um, and, and, and to indict him and allow this, the statute of limitations, if there is one, to toll, which means that the Freeze president- Freeze it. Freeze you it. You freeze it, because otherwise what you effectively have is a president who, you know, if, if let's say Trump was elected again, then he gets to just ride out, you know, the, the statute of limitations, which would not be fair. <laughs> Unless That's he keeps climbing. <laughs> Unless he keeps climbing. But yeah, and so I think you may bring up a great point, because if he is indicted by Tish James in the, in the, in the not Sound District, in the, uh, New York State Attorney's, Attorney General Office, what do you do if he's found guilty? You just hand it over to Congress, because they're the only ones who can do anything about it anyway. It's just like Mueller when he tossed the mic to Papadop. No, when he tossed the mic to... Uh, to Congress, like, can't do anything, uh, here's all the shit, and you go. And, and I think that's where we end up, although, because, you know, I mean, Mueller obviously chose not to indict, or he couldn't indict because of the OLC memo. Can, can, can I jump in for uh, one second? You have literally nine seconds. <laughs> nope. I'll defer. Talk, find me in the bar, and I'll answer. <laughs> I have, like, 87 things to say, <laughs> but I don't want to take away bar. from Asha. So. Yeah, yeah, I no, want to hear we, your thoughts, too. We actually need to get off stage like now, but I want to get these other two questions in. So. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, sir. Oh, nice shirt. Hey, thank you. Woo. So I actually have a couple questions, but I'll only ask one. And I've been wanting him impeached since January 21st, 2017. And I'm, because I knew what we were in for the minute I saw that he won the R, um, when he showed up at the RNC with his Russian friends. Now. I've been trying to be patient with the, the subpoena fights and court and everything. What teeth would a, an impeachment inquiry have as opposed to what we're waiting for now? Because the way Barb just flipped everything, yeah. uh, it's really alarming. And, and you know, it, what will it do for us if, if we ask for this impeachment inquiry now? And it's really sort of an unknown. I think it's kind of just because it hasn't happened so often, it's more theoretical than not. But with an impeachment inquiry in place, you have an official judicial process or a judicial thing happening. I think what I've heard is it effectively turns the House of Representatives into a grand jury, which means when you go to court and file these suits, you, the, I think it's just expedited and, and considered far more serious than it is if you're just subpoenaing Kellyanne and she doesn't show up right. and I mean, you file a thing and then it goes here. So I think the, the teeth of an impeachment inquiry... Yeah, it, what it does is it does strengthen the grounds for the House to obtain the information that it needs. Right now, you have a bunch of different committees that are trying to get the tax returns and get such and such witness. And what they are relying on is an implicit power in the Constitution of congressional oversight and investigation. That is not stated anywhere, but it's it's implied, it's understood that they have this power because they need that information to pass their legislation. If they were to invoke their impeachment authority, which is explicitly stated, and they have sole authority, then they are effectively, as AG said, they're, they're an investigatory body that is there to gather evidence, and they have much more urgency and um, explicit grounds on which to compel these people to provide the documents, the witnesses that they need. And it would all be centralized out of the Judiciary Committee. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the other thing, too, is that when they're talking about, they're like, well, we'd have to move everything to the Judiciary Committee and then this and that. And everyone's like, but I want to keep, you know, 
Except like Intel shift. He's like, I want to keep my shit. It's good shit, you know. And you're like, no, come on, just fucking do it. It's it's all like sort of. And then you probably get like when the FBI, CIA, and everyone's arguing, State Department are arguing about expelling uh, these guys. You would probably have that going on among the different committees. Yeah. Like, I want my thing. I want my thing. I want my thing. So, so anyway, that's where we are. And 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 one more huge thing on that, which is impeachment means the charges have been brought and a trial will take place, right? That trial takes place in the Senate. The House of Representatives is uh, designated to appoint managers who are prosecutors who bring the case. And this will be carried live even on Fox News, right? And, and, and that's the real point. Like, you look right now, and we have a fucking propaganda arm that has said... Uh, well, you know, the Mueller report is a total exoneration because we don't read. Um, <laughs> having, having a witness, having witness after witness testify only as to what is in the Mueller report, right? And God knows there's shit that's not in the Mueller report. But having witness after witness testify in front of Middle America, like yes. The president told me to call Sergei Kislyak. No, I didn't call him because that was stupid fucking shit. By the way, that's a transcript from the Mueller report, right? Like, it says, what, fucking crazy? Like, I don't know. It says stupid fucking shit only, you know. And, and, like, having that in front of the American people is such a huge difference well, and then also, with, like, your goddamn Aunt Kathy. And the variable that I feel like Nancy Pelosi is not taking into account is that Trump would spontaneously combust. Oh, my God. Okay? He, like, I, I'm telling you, I am 99% sure that he would have a Colonel Jessup moment at some point. You start, the, you start the impeachment inquiry, and he'd be like, damn right I ordered the code red, you know? And he will, he'll do it. He'll do it, like, on the, on the front lawn, like, randomly in a press conference, and people will be like, what just happened? Um... <laughs> Who is the senator that thought Colonel Jessup was real and retweeted it? <laughs> Steve King. Steve King. <laughs> oh my God. All right. Thank you so, Thank you so much. much. Thank, Thank you. you. And final question, and then we'll wrap up. I swear to God, I'm sorry we're going over time. I just want to make sure I, I get this last question in. Hi, welcome to Philadelphia. I'm so Thank happy you. you guys are um, So, um, why didn't anybody go after uh, Turtle Dick Mitch and his wife for um, all of their financial fraud related to her position in the government? Um, I personally think, and, and this isn't to belittle all that crazy financial fraud, but there's literally, and I think that this is on purpose, a fire hose of shit that is being sprayed at us on a daily basis. And to prioritize that anywhere, it would probably have to be number 864, even though it's so, so vital and so important. There are things so far down on the list that are in any other administration would be number one. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I think that that's what the problem is in this particular case. Uh, personally, I, I don't honestly know why um, why the public acts the way it acts, and uh, other than unless it's just a dis like a desert disinformation. It's just campaign. information overload. I mean, it's just another it's another part of I think the reality that we're living in, and and a way that yeah, it's kind of a form of information warfare too. You know, yeah. that is a part of our landscape now. It's just that we cannot keep track of everything. We cannot keep track of all the wrongdoing, and frankly. You know, you guys showed up here, a good chunk of America has just checked out. Yeah. They're just like, I can't, I can't deal with it, everybody's corrupt, I give up, and that is really the worst outcome. Yeah. And, and every day I see somebody saying, um, 
don't talk about that, you're distracting from that. Don't talk about that, you're distracting from that. Like, the president tweeted that four women of color should go back to where they came from, and that's a distraction from something worse that he's, uh, that he rapes children probably. So it's like, so when people come at me like, that's a distraction, you should know better, be better. I'm like, how is it a fucking distraction that he said these things publicly, that should be news. And so somebody might look to you and say, that whole child turtle dick Mitch thing is a distraction. And you're like, that in any other administration would be a massive, massive scandal. Who would go after it? But it's it? not a tan suit, so <laughs> it couldn't possibly. But I really honestly think that that's it, is that people think everything's a distraction and there's just so much coming at us at once. Right, yeah. but like, even if we wanted to address it, who? Since we're talking about it now, we might as well. Like, who would be in charge of going after the? Ta or I guess it's like a financial scam. You said, like, what? Like, yeah. So who? I think that's a part. Like, there, there are so many different layers. Like, first you have the OIG of, you know, like there, you you have an internal organization, the internal oversight that goes through it. Then if there's something that is criminal, then that might get referred. Then they, there's a criminal investigation. If it gets to that stage, then once they get the evidence, is it something that they would even charge? I mean, this stuff takes or time. Or Congress can do an investigation. Can Congress ben can Gazi. do an investigation. Benghazi, you know, I mean, it's sad and it's really sad that four people passed away in Benghazi, but that was their whole thing for four fucking six years, a long ass time. And, and, and now we have something like this that it probably, they just, they're like, I don't even know. And then the judiciary wants to do the thing where they take everything and it's like, ah, it's just so much. It's, it's, it is information warfare via overload. I have to agree with you hundred percent on that. And, I, and I'm sorry, I don't know how to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> You're at the podium, we, AG. You're supposed to have all the answers. <laughs> we, we, we love you, though. Thanks. Of course. Hey, I'm just here to tell you about it. <laughs> all right, guys. One last thing before we get out of here, and we are so late. And oh, so thank sorry. you for your question, by the way. Yes. Thank you for your question. Uh, we do this every live show. It's one of my favorite things to do. Let me get my microphone. Uh, what, what? All right, so we're gonna divide this room into three parts. We're gonna go, you guys, like right here, you guys. You guys are the middle, and you guys are over here. And what I need is for... <laughs> <laughs> it's like the same problem, yeah. different time. <laughs> yeah. You've so, all played left, right, center, come on. <laughs> so, ah, what, what? We're all left, but you're still the middle and the right. Over and, um, so I need you guys. Your note is fucked. Can I hear it? Fuck. That's you too. Fuck. Your note is fuck. Yours is fuck. 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 All right. Now we're gonna do this. And usually we we talk about Manafort. Uh, but he's fucked this week. Is he fucked? Oh, I was going to say, who's, the, who's this week? Who's Here's who I think. I think uh, we should do this. Uh, Epstein is fucked, 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 fucked. You guys are awesome. Woo! I've been A.G. I've been Jaleesa Johnson. I've been Jordan Coburn. I want to thank Asher Rangapa and Andrew Torres. This is Mother She Wrote.
Muller She Wrote is produced and engineered by AG with editing and logo design by Jaleesa Johnson. Our marketing consultant and social media manager is Sarah Lee Steiner, and our subscriber and communications director is Jordan Coburn. Fact-checking and research by AG, and research assistance by Jaleesa Johnson and Jordan Coburn. Our merchandising managers are Sarah Lee Steiner and Sarah Hirschberger Valencia. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios, and our website is MullerSheWrote.com. Season four of How We Win is here. For the past four years, we've been making history in critical elections all over the country. And last year, we made history again by expanding our majority in the Senate, beating election-denying Republicans in crucial state house races, and fighting back a non-existent red wave. But the MAGA Republicans who plotted and pardoned the attempted overthrow of our government now control the House thanks to gerrymandered maps and repressive anti-voter laws. And the chaotic spectacle we've already seen shows us just how far they will go to seize power, dismantle our government, and take away our freedoms. So the official podcast of The Persistence is back with season four. There's so much more important work ahead of us to fight for equity, justice, and our very democracy itself. We'll take you behind the lines and inside the rooms where it happens with strategy and inspiration from progressive changemakers all over the country. And we'll dig deep into the weekly news that matters most and what you can do about it with messaging and communications expert, co-founder of Way to Win, and our new co-host, Jennifer Fernandez-Ancona. So join Steve and I every Wednesday for your weekly dose of inspiration, action, and hope. I'm Steve Pearson. And I'm Jennifer Fernandez-Ancona. And And this this is is How We Win. Win. M.S.W. Media. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA. As a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler... How much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary... They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes and they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, show me in a courtroom 
how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is lawyers, guns, and money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing in the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th, or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.